everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 329 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for the podcast and the founder of Sifted. Alongside me today, my two co-hosts to talk about games, it's Matt and Luna Kyle. Luna always there. <laughs> she is a regular part of the of the crew now. How are you guys doing? Hope you guys have had a great week. It's been kind of a slow week for video games, actually. Not a lot of big releases, although there is one that the review embargo dropped on yesterday that we're mm. gonna we're gonna discuss. Not really the game. We're gonna discuss the reviews of it and reviews in general, game reviews in general. I think that should be a really interesting discussion. Um, but otherwise, it's been a pretty slow week. We have a little bit of a lull here, um, and then February kicks into gear starting next week. Um, obviously, next week's show will have Hogwarts Legacy. We did not get the game early enough to have it in today's show. The embargo just broke yesterday, um, but we will we'll have it in plenty of time for next week's show. In fact, I think probably around Wednesday, I'll start playing it. So there's a chance I may put up a little something-something for our patrons of my impressions um, before uh, the game actually goes um, into Game Face in next Tuesday. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but obviously, that's the big releases coming up here. And then the rest of February, we have great stuff to talk about. So the shows are going to be rocking. Uh, Matt, how's your week been going? All right. Pretty pretty quiet, really. Yeah. Been replaying Spider-Man on PC because that went on sale. So. And because you have that beastly PC yeah. and you, you want to play everything on it that you can. Well, yeah, now I can turn it all up to max. Yeah. You can, uh, the, 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 the dumbest, best ray tracing trick is you can see all of Times Square reflected in his eye goggles. In his goggles. Yeah. Wow. It's, That's amazing. Uh, and it's all moving and it's all, it's it's ridiculous. So it's not faked or anything. It's no, real time. Actually, I don't even need to use the DLSS on that game. It runs at like a hundred and something frames a second. With like, everything maxed with every, out. Everything on. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not surprising. Yeah. Some of you have clean yeah. code. Some of it, I mean, and uh, uh, the Cyberpunk update that just went up actually cleaned a lot of stuff up and it runs way smoother mm -hmm. now, like uh, even on the 4090. Um, so the 4090 can do... 130 frames a second at 4K with Cyberpunk now. What is, maybe you figured it out because you have your new rig, what is the most demanding game on, that you can run on a PC? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would imagine... Have you gone back and run Crisis? <laughs> the no. old benchmark? <laughs> I would imagine that um, it's probably something weird like Minecraft with like Infinity right. Horizon on yeah, it or something. Yeah. Um, a game where you can choose a setting. It can be things that are like, just don't work properly like the the game that's made it made them the fans spin up the hardest is company of heroes one really because something about company of heroes one does not like modern hardware and you go and turn everything up and you do the performance test and the fans go crazy but it runs at like 20 fps and it looks horrible on your and, like five thousand uh, dollar rig. Well, it's a problem with the game, <laughs> right? The, right. The engine doesn't. It's so crazy that even your rig can't brute force it. You know, because well, it, it literally stops itself. Yeah. Like the, the engine is something about it. So you have to go into the ini and like basically force the. It's a refresh thing, and mm -hmm. so you have to switch the refresh rate to something modern because it works at twenty four by default. Uh, if it can't detect something else. Um, Tomb, Rise of the Tomb Raider has that problem too. Tomb, uh, the original Tomb Raider, the, the definitive edition Tomb Raider, had that problem where it defaults to 24 hertz, like, oh. like, re, like refresh rate. So you max everything out and you play it, and it's like this choppy 24, like hurricane. I know you're like, what is? And then the, the computer's like going crazy because when the results come back, it says 
that it's running like 350 frames a second. <laughs> and I'm like, what? But it's only updating the image 24 times. So it's kind of working against itself. So that, those are the things that have made it work the hardest. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Just broken games. I would say the only game running properly that has actually pushed it, um, that has pushed the temperature up above like 56 degrees Celsius is Warframe. Really? Well, the open areas in Warframe, like you can hear it spin up. Dirty code. A uh, little bit. I mean, it's digital extremes. I yeah. Don't, yeah. Plus, like all the different people there and all. I mean, there's a lot happening. There's, mm-hmm. It's loading a bunch of people's stuff right, in. Right, right. Because it's multiplayer. It's, it's, yeah. It's the, multi, all the, the MMO areas, and... basically. Um, so, yeah, that is kind of the the hardest it's worked. Interesting. But, like, you never would have guessed it would be Warframe, would you, people? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> at that level of power, it feels like uh, like unoptimized stuff is much harder on it than like demanding stuff yeah you know like like because you say whatever you want about how demanding cyberpunk is it's at this point it's pretty efficient yeah yeah well uh, they've worked on it now for what two years oh, post-launch yeah. so, so it better be it and better that late, the latest update was specifically for the 40 series mm. cards and like dlss3 and all made a big stuff. difference but I turned it off on Spider-Man um, because DLSS. Uh, yeah, because I didn't. It didn't. In the end, it didn't need it. But also, it didn't like. Spider-Man didn't like it. Mm. Like it was. It was. Um, it was doing some like an interpolation thing that was making things a little weird. Like it huh. was. It was. It was over sharpening stuff when it panned the camera, and all the the animals, like the rats and the pigeons left trails. Oh wow! Behind them. Interesting. And so when you turn DLSS off, it stops doing that. Huh. Um, Otherwise, so, DLSS is like witchcraft. It's it is amazing. kind of black magic, but there's some elements. <laughs> that, like, like, and I think actually, I think they just fixed it. Uh, not they didn't fix it. Control had a problem where if you turn DLSS on, uh, lighting on certain surfaces would look like um, a disco ball. Basically, it would it blindingly bright. And then this past week, one of the performer developers actually put out an, an in-game like an HDR patch, an official unofficial HDR patch that lets you go. Um, and you just replace a bunch of the game files and the install with it, uh-huh. and it fixes a bunch of stuff. Like oh. In in it's not even a, it's not even like a reshader like like cover up thing. It's this guy because this guy worked on the game, so it's actually in the game files. Interesting. And it fixes a whole lot of weird oh. uh, lighting and HDR problems. Cool. Um, so that was I, I did play a little bit a little bit of that just see, and that that's that's a more subtle yeah. thing where it's like oh, oh the lighting in the in the hallways is really good and, you can, and like once everything goes crazy you can see it but but it's not one of those things you could show like a casual gamer and have them react to how amazing it looks because it's yeah. more like a subtle like oh look at how everybody's shaded the way they it's not like swinging through Times Square and Spider-Man and you're like yeah every all, everything's reflected and in this one by the way when you turn everything way up on the PC version everything's there it's not like the, it's not like the PS5 where like some of the cars are there some of the it's all there mm-hmm. and it's all moving at full speed and yeah. not choppy and it's just like that's crazy to the point that it's almost unrealistic but there are some some buildings that are dirty yeah and it's crazy it, like, it is crazy he was showing me some games like you showed me cyberpunk yeah. which is just like mind-blowing mm-hmm. you showed me red dead 2 mind-blowing you know the other game that's very impressive um that i didn't remember i had until i remembered i'd gotten it free from the uh, epic game store uh death stranding no i'm sure it looks death, great too death stranding looks astounding like it's, i bet it does it's, yeah. it's unbelievable like lots of green so I, I, lots of green, but also like the creature hand, the handprints and the water filling them, and, and yeah. you know, 
You see what they were supposed to look yeah, like. Way, yeah. I mean, Norman Reedus, way too detailed looks at Norman Reedus. <laughs> you can um, smell him. The hair, the hair is very well done. Um, the, the the draw distance, the, the the how how it's much more obvious with the high end re- graphics, like as the paths change, as people build the things, as yeah. you, you can see other like the player bridges like a mile away. Like you the know exactly distance. where you need to go. You don't yeah. need the map as much because you can recognize the terrain yeah. further out. Because it actually like, changes the way you play the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, and then you hit a point where it's just fucking bullshit. And, uh, <laughs> you have to actually play the game. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I, I played it for a while. I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember this being kind of fun. It's just like a you know, and and he they know what it is because you know, every once in a while it pulls away back and it plays one of Kojima's <laughs> MP3s things. he loves, and I was like, okay, you're really into this band when you yep. made this. But you hit a point where they teach you how to do all the things, and then you're expected to take care of the BTs like on your own, yeah. I guess. And I hit a point where I was trying to make this delivery, and I tried seven times, and every single time I just got caught by them, and I don't know why huh. like i'm not near one i'm going between them just like i always do i'm covering my mouth i'm not breathing and all of a sudden and like we usually you see the, the you know the handprints come in and right. they, they catch you you get stuck in the tar and the yeah, and yeah. The, hand, the tar just opens like when like this it just opens up and i'm stuck and there was no handprints there's no catch Weird. moment it sounds no, like a bug maybe but i tried it all these different angles and different ways and it was it was like almost like a scripted thing but i know it's not a scripted thing it's just a random mission it's not yeah. a story mission Weird. so i don't so I, and every time i just be like ah fuck you and so, <laughs> so I, yeah i still hate that game Half but of the it fun looks of- so good and that engine looking so good makes me really look forward to an eventual horizon forbidden west pc yeah because i bet that's going to be amazing it will be yeah it's always fun when you get a new pc or you build a new pc or you improve your pc diving back into yeah. pc gaming again because I'll build something, I'll get into PC gaming for a little while, and then after a while, it kind of loses its allure, and I end up going and spending more time on my mm-hmm. consoles. But it's always fun having that re-engagement period with yeah, PC well, I, gaming. I looked, you know, Steam has a thing that like lists all, all your games by release date, and I looked, and um, leaving aside remasters or um, you know, pre, you know, games that were on the deep sale because they were older, mm-hmm. I bought four new games for PC last year. Four. Four. That's four more than I bought. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to buy more, though. Well, I mean, in terms of like games that came out in 2022, I yeah. bought four games yeah. that had come out in 2022 for the, for the PC. That's more than I bought. Which is nothing. Right. You know? And I bought none, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I got code from publishers, but I didn't buy any. Yeah. yeah. So, good to see and Matt still diving gonna, back I'm in. I'm still going to sit... I'm still going to probably focus on console stuff more because, honestly, the console releases tend to be less technical snafus yeah you don't always have to like fiddle around like they just run yeah <laughs> like, it's like they just go and maybe they don't run as well and they don't look as good yeah. but at least i'm not spending the first hour trying to figure out why the shader doesn't load right properly. do i need to get a new and driver they, for my card yeah. like it or do right. i need to roll the driver back because the nvidia's new driver was actually a lie that happened or it's ahead of the curve that this game it yeah, the doesn't game wasn't support. ready for that right and so yeah, they optimized it yeah. wrong there like, are drawbacks it's advantages uh, and drawbacks but you're right like Ultimately, I will sacrifice the slight bumps in fidelity just to know it's going to yeah. work and run. Right now, it's kind of like, you know, Spider-Man is a good example where it's like one of the best things about P- you know, a, a good high-end PC is like being able to go back after all the bugs are ironed out and after all everything's figured, you know, the community's got their patches up, yeah. the, the devs got their patches done, it's sort of finished and you can go back to your favorite things like Spider-Man. And they and, look better and, and they, look they great. run They look as good and... as they're going to look and like it's a it's a print of a fresh start because you... I'll tell you what's weird though is playing that with an Xbox controller. <laughs> I bet. That took, that took a while. <laughs> the muscle memory. Well, also because I didn't even think about it until I played 
it like this. I don't think I ever really noticed, but when you're doing the stealth sequences, you can do the web the web zip one shot kill, mm-hmm. or you can do the stealth like you know web them up, you know the perch takedown thing, and <laughs> the um, the colors you know you can scan and see if they're safe or in danger. But the determining fact, the little icon thing that shows you whether you can either perch take down them or web zip take them down, the the icons are just green and pink because they correspond to the triangle button and the square button on right. the PlayStation controller. And on the Xbox controller, those buttons are yellow and blue. Right, right. So it, the, the color coding doesn't Don't make any match. sense anymore. And I was like, why are the colors like that? I'm like, oh, right, because there's a PlayStation controller. Yeah. I never even put that together before. Interesting. Yeah. That's smart. That's that smart UI from Insomniac, right? It there. is. Yep. Um, never. I would argue it's never been a better time to be a PC gamer. Pretty much yeah. everything now is coming. Out, even exclusives. Who would ever thought PlayStation exclusives yeah, would be really, coming to PC? It, unless outside of Nintendo, you're pretty much good. You're good. Yep. You have to wait a little while wait for some for games, Sony, but, but you don't even have to wait that long anymore. Yeah. That's what's really blowing my and mind. Like, I think the, how you know, quickly Sony definitely also learned. Um, like the uh, you know Horizon didn't launch very well on PC, but I don't think that's really been an issue since then. Mm-hmm. Like God of War seemed to do fine. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gotten that yet because I ain't paying. 50 Death Stranding. I'm paying yeah. fifty bucks again. Yeah, uh, but when it goes on sale, I'll get it. Sure. Yeah. Eventually you'll get it. Eventually for 10 I'll bucks. want to play that again, and I'll. I'll and you'll might get it for ten bucks. <laughs> the other thing that looks amazing on there is Hellblade. Yeah, he showed me that too yeah, on his Hellblade. PC. It looked like a different game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's not the Hellblade I played Just the on Xbox on her One. Model. It's it's incredible. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Matt diving back into PC gaming. You gotta love to see it. Um, I'm spending too much time in that room though. I need to like go. Out. <laughs> you need to go out. Yeah, it's just been me and a space heater basically, <laughs> and and Luna. I kind of like that though, honestly. For I a did, while. but it's been like a week. Yeah, for a while. It's, yeah. it's, then it gets on, gets to where you where you at. Moments where I come out of it's the thing where you go in there and you do you play stuff and you you're answering emails and sitting around. And then you, when you come out again, it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like that. We're also at the point where it's getting dark at like 5 p.m. So yeah, it's getting better. It's, yeah. It's now shortest, getting to like Shortest day is over. We'll, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be there. Yep. Um, I'll say this. We probably, for the last like few weeks, should have brought back the Big Six. I don't know. if Some of you guys may not remember if you didn't watch Game Face when it first launched. But we used to have this thing called the, the Big Six at the beginning of each episode where we would talk about six smaller stories that didn't deserve their own topics in the show or they couldn't. They weren't able to supply enough discussion to be a full topic in the show. In the last few weeks, there's been tons of little stories. Again, this week, there's a ton more. Um, and we're going to get to those before we get into the show proper. First up, Matt, uh, Sony announced... That PlayStation Plus, the PlayStation Plus collection, is is going to be cut off for PlayStation Five owners. Matt, are you familiar with what the PlayStation Plus collection is? Yeah, it's that here's a bunch of PS4 games yeah. <laughs> uh, for PlayStation Plus owners because we don't have a launch lineup worth talking about yeah. really for, and we won't for a while. I actually went back um, and looked at them last night uh, just to kind of prep for this brief discussion, and I was actually surprised. There are a good many third party games in there yeah. now. It's a good lineup. It was a solid, solid piece of lineup. And I, I mean, I maybe I'm making it up, but like I always thought this was temporary. Really? Yeah, because I remember when when I got my PS5, I remember adding them all to my library, the ones I didn't have because I had most of them because they were they are pretty essential. Yeah, picks. they're all like yeah. exclusives yeah. for PlayStation and uh, I got a War One mm-hmm. and, all the, and I think Horizons in there and Ratchet, it's, Ratchet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's 
it's you know staples yeah staples of the playstation library and so i went but the ones i didn't have i went and i remember i added them to my library because i'm like i'm gonna grab these before they go away because mm-hmm. i figured they were gonna go away. i don't remember if i f- just assumed they would or if they had said this was a temporary thing at the time i can't remember but i do remember getting them the first day i had my ps5 because i assumed they that would not be forever well now that's what you all should be doing so if you have playstation plus you yeah. should go and you should claim all yeah, those is, games. And it is forever if you have PlayStation Plus. Like once you add them to the library, they're there. You forever. have them as long as your PlayStation Plus subscription yeah. works. But this collection will not be there forever. Yeah. And it is literally, as Matt said, all the biggest exclusives from PlayStation for for the PS4 era, pretty much. Yeah, and I think I mean, look, I, th- I would imagine people watching our show probably have all these games already for the most I part. I noticed that I had them all. Yeah, I literally had them all already. Yeah, and they were ones that I'd either bought or publisher sent me the review code for. Yeah, were, or whatever. I mean, I think I maybe didn't have three of them or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they, what they were. If you're, yeah, a, and they were things that I, they were third party things I had on Xbox or PC. Like they were they were yeah. not games I didn't want. They were if just you're I an avid gamer, else. you probably have the bulk of them. Yeah, certainly if you're a, if you had a PlayStation Four, you yeah. probably had. 70 80 percent of these things yeah but you should go and snag them i mean go and look at the collection make sure that you already have all that stuff you may have claimed them in some of the games ended up being freebies during the playstation plus giveaways for certain months so you may have some of them but make sure you go back and claim them and again this is for playstation 5 owners so if you own a ps5 go check the playstation plus collection make sure that you have all the games there add them to your library and as long as you remain a subscriber of playstation plus those games will always be there going forward for you to download so go do that now now, if you haven't already, um, something else that happened this week that was a little odd. Um, it was kind of leaked out through the, I think it was, was it Microsoft's official store? I'm not 100% sure how it got out. But it leaked out that Microsoft was about to close down the Xbox 360 marketplace in May. People started freaking out. Microsoft then came out and said, no, 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 that's not happening, blah, blah, blah. It feels like it was going to happen, and they saw the backlash and decided that they weren't going to do is that. Bizarre, because who the fuck has turned a 360 on in the last five years? Like, yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, I don't. Does that affect at all? If like, so with the backwards compatibility stuff for no. Xbox Series, it wouldn't affect. Hey, I have this Xbox 360 game. I have the disc. No. Shove it in there. It needs to go download the no. game. It, it wouldn't affect it, that wouldn't at affect all. It at all. It wouldn't even affect buying Xbox 360 games digitally on Xbox One. It would only be shutting down access to the store on the 360. Okay. That's not such a big deal then. No, it's nothing. It's sunsetting dead hardware is yeah. all it is. Like, theor- I mean, theoretically, I guess you would maybe have a problem. I mean, if you cut off the online... I don't, it, don't even, it doesn't even sound like cutting off online, online access. You'd still be able to download owned game, digitally owned games on the on the 360. You just wouldn't be able to go on the store and buy anything new with, with that system. But theoretically, you could still buy 360 stuff and Xbox originals on P- Xbox One and Xbox Series. And then probably because they're attached to your account, you could probably go on a 360 and download them for the 360. You just wouldn't be able to buy it directly through the 360. Okay. And so, I, I can't remember the last time I bought anything through the 360. So. Yeah, I mean, I, my 360's been in a box in my closet for the last, like, seven years. Yeah. I haven't even... And the thing, they were saying they were going to de- delist some games. Um, that might still be happening. Like, I think uh, Jet Set Radio was the only one that, like, popped out at me because that's the only game i cared about i think on the list but i also already own it so i don't it doesn't really matter um so I, it sounds like the delistings will probably still happen but it doesn't sound like they're shutting the store down yep rock and roll 458 says it won't affect what shane is talking about but certain xbox 360 games are being delisted 
I got Daytona USA and Jet Set Radio. I think this is the final day to get those from Xbox Live Arcade. Mm. So if you're watching this right now, you might want to go check that out and make sure before they're gone, you can snag them. Um, for people watching the archive, it sounds like it's going to be too late by the time you're watching this on Wednesday, unfortunately. Yeah. Still might be worth going. Erebus Jones knows one of, the, oh, one of the other big ones is the orange box. Oh. Which is available only through the 360. That's not backwards compatible. Oh, so snap. If for some reason you want the orange box on 360 digitally, you better do it now. And or, again, that won't affect whether you can get it later on. on... No, you'll still be able to download okay. whatever you own. Okay, so more. This is really not really a topic. Just more of a public service announcement to those of you who maybe have big Xbox 360 libraries or games that you had or you downloaded back in the day that you want to make sure that they're not gone from your account forever. Just something you want to check on. Uh, another smaller story from this week: Back for Blood is already done. Matt, they have decided that they are they not weren't back very long. <laughs> they right? really weren't back. Back for not long is what they should have called the game. Um, I really thought back this for the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I really thought this was going to go for like years and years. I bet they did too. And do you think it was just a lack of interest that is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen how many games as a services as we have we seen collapse in the last week and week or two weeks. Like you're right, a lot. Why is that? You think? Because they all became finally unsustainable, and this is the time of year where you admit that you need to like cut things back, and <laughs> things are not going to work out. So it's time. New to Year's resolutions, you mean? Cut and run. <laughs> cut bait and run. I mean, Steph Sterling has basically been declaring victory on, <laughs> week on, after on week. New, yeah. Well, no, on their new their the new video, Steph's like like yeah, I I called like I said this was unsustainable. Yeah. And it was gonna not there was no revenue model here, and that by the way is, is that is you talking about back for blood in general? No, no, they're, in, they're talking in, about they're talking about um, games as a service. Games as a general. service in general. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Avengers is the best is the biggest like mm. kind of I told you so on that one yeah. for for Sterling, but like uh, they're talking about all the 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 games as a service stuff that's coming down around everybody's ears. Um, and it's because there's no revenue model there. Like you, you, you're you're depending on a very small percentage of people to pay these micro microtransactions for cosmetic stuff and it just doesn't hold up yeah um and it's kind of that, that is a constant by the way a constant corporate like when you when you see me get like really like like huffy about the stadia thing mm -hmm. it's like these are just corporate suits that don't can't be told no that's yeah. why these things happen they see this thing that that was a big deal they see that destiny's super popular or that final fantasy 14 is taken off or anything like that and they're like we need that right it's like yeah but you know who who is the people that would make that a big hit for you the same people that are already playing these other things yeah you gotta so you, pull them away so you don't need to just make a good game you need to make a game that's so good that people will play that instead of the thing they're already invested in and that is a very difficult task that's a really good point Matt. that that is really hard to pull somebody yeah. away from their main yeah, because people only have driving. so many hours in the day. Yeah. And, like, that happens a lot. You, you're seeing that with streaming right now. The streaming, like, like linear stream, like, film film and TV streaming, mm -hmm. where, like, you're seeing all these, you know, Netflix and, and Disney Plus to some degree and Hulu. Like, they're all starting to realize they've spent billions of dollars and there's no revenue stream at the end of this. Mm -hmm. Like, subscriptions have kind of... That's why Netflix is doing the, the password sharing crackdown thing. Because they want... They think that they can make everybody subscribe separately mm -hmm. and get more money. But, like, you're seeing... This is the esports thing again. It's like this corporate frenzy to get in on this perceived market. But at the end of the road, you're like, oh, there's, there's no actual way to make money here. I like, think it took longer to get to this point than people thought. Because if oh, you remember, yeah. look at Pactor. Pactor 
raged on Netflix for years. Yeah. And he was the outlier. And everyone's, you're crazy. He was like telling people not to buy the stock and blah, blah, blah. And I guess in some ways they were right mm -hmm. because it did take a long time for this stuff to happen that Pactor said was going to happen. And now it is all happening. Yeah, it's all coming down around us. And like the same thing with like, you're seeing just like, there's a, there's a weird desperation for trying to squeeze more money out of people. And, and no one knows how to, like the, the suits don't know how to approach it. And... Like you're you're gonna you're seeing this right now. Like starting today, you're seeing this with AMC, which is trying to start this thing where you, you the tier scaling pricing. the seats, yeah. the charges for seats. So premium seats more in the center of the theater are going to be more. The side seats are going to be what the prices are now, and the front row and ADA seats are going to be less. Oh wait, they're increasing. I thought they were leaving the price for no, the middle the no, same. The, no, the middle will be increasing more. Oh that's my this, gosh. Because that's what this is. It's a price increase on tickets. That's it. it. Is. Yeah. But instead of look, if you up the price of general admission tickets for movies like two bucks no one would fucking notice you want to know what it happened just, though, Matt? it would just be a thing that happened at a, but instead they're making it a fucking brand deal like they're uh -huh. naming it you want to know like, what happened though, it's Matt? called sightline it's called amc sightline and you, you pay premium or standard or yeah. and i'm like you sit no, in the front it's why, only eight why are you holding a giant neon sign that says we're about to gouge you more for something that you've always paid the same for like yeah. it's crazy yeah I mean, what happened? Elijah Matt? Wood went after them today, I and I'm like, that. yeah, that's all going to go away by the end of the week. <laughs> yeah. Like, Well, I saw that. I mean, to me, I think what happened is after COVID, they're going into the theaters, and they're seeing every theater they go into, it's two-thirds full, mm. and there's this group of people in the middle that yeah. radiates out from the middle. And they're like, if, these, if this is the only amount of people we can get to go watch movies now, we have to charge them more money. I mean, let's be honest. If they're not selling out the theaters anymore, mm -hmm. how are they going to stay in business unless they increase the price of the well, people? Well, the price, like, because movie theaters don't make money from the tickets. They make money from the concessions. Concessions, yeah. Like, and apparently, I mean, I don't get stuff to eat when I go to the movies. I'm there Me to see either. A, I'm there to see a fucking movie. Yeah, I make one drink. Eat, yeah. yeah, I might get a drink. If I haven't eaten anything all afternoon, maybe I'll get a hot dog, like, mm -hmm. whatever. But in general, if I want to eat something, I'm going to eat something better than movie theater. I'm going to eat and then go to the movie. Yeah, or that too. <laughs> or after the movie. Yeah. Like one of the, I, I rarely have planned so poorly that I end up having to eat theater food. Yeah. But, you know, clearly there's people for that is, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. you see most people, they're like this walking oh, in the theater. Like, you're like, oh, I know that's the movie like, starts in three that's minutes. That's like $150 you just spent there. I know the movie starts in three minutes, and, and it's my fault we're so late, but I'm going to stand in this 38-person line <laughs> yeah. to pay $13 for a Coke. I'll see you in there. I'm like, okay, yeah. have fun. You're like, going to miss the first 10 minutes of the movie. Don't fucking talk to me when you get in here because the movie's already happening. Yeah. Like, so you're right, though. That's interesting. And I think the other thing, too, that's interesting about Back for Blood in particular is that it was a big Xbox Game Pass game. Mm -hmm. Like, it built a huge audience on Game Pass out of the gate, and it, it appears it didn't hold. And I guarantee you, a ton of publishers are looking at that and being like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, well, made a little money a, off the top, but it didn't pan out in the long term. Well, it's not a coincidence that we're, and we're, we'll get it, I think that's the next thing, but like Dragon Age... The leak on Dragon Age Four. Yep, nice segue. You it can go right started in as a multiplayer game. They were. It was going to be like Destiny. Did you see the leaked footage? Yeah. I mean, that's ancient. It's like a year old. I mean, it's, it's alpha. It's like, <laughs> I hope to God it is, because it looked bad. I mean, look, I'm not judging that footage by anything because it's it's very old. Yeah. And it's it's far it from complete. Old. But on yeah. Also, aside from that, I don't. 
yeah, everyone's like, oh, it plays like God of War. I'm like, in the sense that, like, you Golden Axe stuff. In the sense, Golden Axe Beast Rider plays like God of War. Like, I don't think I you're going to get God of War combat out of Bioware. Well, I'm I mean, sorry. watching that footage, like, it was, it has a, it, again, I don't know when that bill was from, but it had a long way to go to reach God of War status no, with the I combat. Mean, like, I mean, we're, we're never supposed to see that. I get it. You know, but like, I mean, I'm surprised they let people play that, Matt. Are you not? I mean, you got to test stuff. Man. You got to start somewhere. I mean, I, the crazy part to me I mean, was Nintendo seeing the test- Dragon Age fans being like, hey, I like it. Like, I think it's cool. Well, Nintendo fan, I mean, like, Nintendo test stuff is just big blocks. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be fun without any right. bells and whistles. So I don't care about the, the graphical choices there. Um, they're trying to do an action-based, an action RPG combat system, which is really where they've been moving for a long time. I mean, Mass Effect already did that. When mm-hmm. when they started with Mass Effect, it was a shooter. It was yeah. an action-based shooter. Mm-hmm. It was you know, there's some stats under there, but still, it was a shooter. And one of the things that Dragon Age has struggled with is whether to be a successor to the Baldur's Gate Infinity Engine stuff or whether to move into being a more an action hack game. and slash kind of game. Mm-hmm. And you see these half measures they took on that in Dragon Age 2 and Inquisition. And frankly, I think they should have moved to something more like this with Inquisition already. Mm-hmm. But you're struggling with frostbite. You're struggling with you know balancing that kind of combat. Like struggling was a great word to use after watching that footage. And like, I was like, yeah, Whoa. you definitely see that. Um, and I've talked to a bunch of dra- you know some Dragon Age hardcore Dragon Age fans, and honestly, most of them don't care about the gameplay. Yeah, they they will the lore, the story, they will put the... up with whatever combat system Bioware forces them to put up with, as they have done for three games now, because they want the story and they want the ca- <coughs> bless you. They want the characters. Mm-hmm. Like as long as the story is good, they don't care what they have to play to get it. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think Bioware could make Dragon Age Four a visual novel and appeal to the core Dragon Age fan base just fine. They just wouldn't sell the number of copies to the mainstream audience yep. they need to. Make survive yeah. and make Mass Effect 5 is <laughs> right. basically what we're looking at here. Yeah. Um, it does tell us that that game is not this year. Oh, no. Um, I mean, I hope not. I mean, that game is... That, that, the footage, again, very old. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird that it's coming out now. I mean, that's what you get hold of. You get what you get. Yeah, but the, I mean, um, if, you, if you read through, like, the Reddit thread, the guy who reported on it was not the person who played it. His buddy had been in the beta or the alpha. It was an alpha, I believe. And he had got the footage and all the information from his buddy who didn't want to get put himself in peril, basically, by releasing mm-hmm. the information himself. Um, and it didn't sound like it was really all that long ago that his buddy was playing. Oh, I don't think the, the test was, was The build, you're ago. saying. The build is ancient. Yeah. I'm telling you the build is ancient. I hope to God it was. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I, I, it, it's, you know, yeah. Again, you, the, the polish on games is put on last. Yeah, like you can't judge anything in that by anything. Yeah, um, that is almost all of that is placeholder. It looks really rough. So it is rough. Like that's, yeah. I mean, that's early focus testing for a game that doesn't come out for two more years. Like that's, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not playing anything resembling a finished product. Yep, that's. So good I'm not worried about anything in that clip from that. Okay. Um, my concern is like, is are they going to be able to make a, an action based combat system that's worth anything? Because Bioware has never managed to do that with not not melee anyway. Yeah. Like you know, hand to hand. Yeah, obviously Mass Effect has one place. I don't think you can argue that Mass Effect hasn't always moved forward, even in Andromeda. For all of Andromeda's problems, the, the shooting was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the shooting actually did get better. Yeah, it did. It uh, improved. It's always gotten better from game to mm-hmm. game. Um, Dragon Age has not. Um, I don't like Dragon. I mean, to be to be clear, 
I don't like Dragon Age One. I think it's terrible. Actually, I, it seems I, like a lot of people in chat are saying it's like the most best people. One and... Most people, especially <laughs> fans of Dragon Age, think the first one's the best. Yeah. I think the first one is one of the most boring things I've ever played. Yeah. I think it's it's literally like someone just rearranged all the Tolkien high fantasy stuff and then stuck me with a like a, a, a like I don't know some kind of half measure version of the Baldur's Gate combat and yeah. like. I hate playing Dragon Age 1. Cine- um, Cinetype says, remember the GTA 6 leak? When it comes out, let's see the difference. There were some shots in the GTA 6 leak where it looked fine. Like, it looked mm-hmm. like how it's probably going to look. Right, but GTA 6... Like, wireframe... No, nothing in that looked like how it's going to look. No I mean, way. there were a couple shots. Like, no, we, no. Yeah, none. there were. No. Yep. The, you the, could go look... Okay. No, Here those, we go again. <laughs> I'm going to have to prove it again. Those are, those are I'll all... Just, I'll bring it up right now. Those are all... I'm surprised you don't have it loaded. Because we're going to be talking about that game for a long time. I don't have the footage loaded, no. I didn't think it would be talking I mean, about that's. I mean, it looks better because it's running in GTA V, basically. But there's no way that's going to look just like GTA V when it comes out. There were, like, three or four shots. Like, five-second snippet, eight-second snippets, or whatever, that were basically the game. And, like, here's one of the shots. And I'll bring it up so everyone can see it that we use for the banner for the top of the page. That's pretty close to what the game's going to look like. Like, it's not that far. I mean, having I'm just telling you, having looked at the Dragon Age footage, the Dragon Age footage is 50 miles away from how it's going to look no. when it's done. Some of the stuff in the leaks, pretty close to how the game's going to look. Yeah, but they're doing it very differently. And also, Wireframe, to me, isn't like, oh, it looks bad. It's just dev footage. Mm. Like, the stuff in this Dragon Age stuff looked bad. Like, yeah, because they're trying. They're, you know, it's a work in progress in the Frostbite engine. Yeah, I get it. I'm just saying like, that, like, to Cinetype's point, saying, there were some shots that were pretty indicative of how the game is going to end up looking. Uh, I just don't think it's a comparison you can make, really. Like, also, I would imagine Rockstar has way better and functional, t- more functional tools. Like, I think, I think, I've never heard anyone who has ever worked with it say a kind word about Frostbite. Me either. They all hate it. <laughs> you don't hear Rockstar people complaining about working in the GTA engine. No. Very often. No. Because they've been working in it for a really long time as well. So so anyway. Like, I just think, but again, like, that screenshot looks like a, like a modded GTA 5 or basically Red Dead Redemption 2 if you turn mm-hmm. everything up to max. Mm-hmm. And I do think GTA 6 is going to look a lot better than that. I mean, I hope it does. Like, I think, I think, you. I mean, it'd be subtle, but it'd be like... There's no way in the final game her shirt would be that plain. Mm-hmm. Like you'd see fabric detail yeah. on it or something. Yeah. Like, but like massive, like or Dragon Age Four. Like, I have trouble even believing those character models are even close to final. Like, it looks like they just pulled them out of I Inquisition and really stuck rough. them in there, and they're just sort of trying them. I think because what I think you're looking at in the Dragon Age Four footage is essentially. Um, I mean, obviously, they're putting assets in and dropping things in, and that's all sort of a cobbled together whatever. I think you're looking at, pe- at them trying to kind of come up with a combat system that feels good to play with. Um, I don't know if... I'm um, Obviously, we can't play it, but I don't know. What I, what I looked at didn't... Like, the guy jumping on the guy and popping off him again, that looked real weird. It looked bad. Also, that looked like... That's probably a rogue move, yeah. you would think, because it looked like a rogue A lot of thing. it just looked like placeholder. And the guy, well, and the, oh, I think all of it was placeholder yeah. for the most part. And like, and because the, the character that does it is in full armor. Yeah. So it, it doesn't... Weird. It looked like a paladin type that was doing like a bunch of hop on a guy and stab him yeah. in the neck thing. I don't, I don't think any of it was meant to be presented as that. I think you were. it was literally a feel test. You were mm-hmm. trying to feel... Not no, not field, but feel. Like, you're, you're like, does how it does feel this good? feel to play? Yeah. Um, and if it does feel good to play, then we will worry about making it 
not look like ass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a reason nobody wants you to see early footage of this stuff anymore. Yeah. Because not and look, we used to see early footage. I mean, I I played an early build. I don't even know if you'd fully call it alpha, but it was an early build of Dead Island Two, almost ten years ago for a project that never saw the light of day, and you would have run and hid from it. I mean, like Matt, do you remember they used to send us preview builds? Oh yeah, that were like rough and, and we would work with them because we needed yeah, they'd rely on us to not show the really bad shit right but we needed it because we had three episodes a week of right. x play and i'm like look i mean i know it's only like 45 minutes long i know if you go too far this way the game break stay here mm. and keep recording the footage because we need it to do shows i will say the they dead, don't send that stuff out anymore. the dead island 2 is the earliest uh, version of anything i've ever seen leave a, a dev studio's yeah. building like i can't believe they sent it to us it doesn't really it happen was, like that anymore no yeah. and it would never happen now because since then like you have stuff like this where everybody you, you, I've never seen a fandom of a medium that knows so little about how it gets made yeah. and how it, it works. is interesting because this stuff like this comes out and and that people footage, freak out that yeah. footage is going to color people's opinion of Dragon Age 4 until that game is released yeah because they don't understand it happened with GTA 6 yeah people are like oh my god that looks awful it's like hello I mean, but that's do you have any clue how people make video? That's games? also how people are now. Should you expect them to though? Probably not. Like no. they just want to consume the games and play the games, you know? Yeah, but also like there's nothing wrong with having a little media literacy, or yeah. even better, some self awareness of that the fact you don't know shit about shit. Right. That's like, the more important part because the hubris. Yeah. The people they don't want to admit that they don't know anything about it. Right. And that's like the <laughs> yeah. thing in you know in film. That's when it's like everyone's like, oh, CG sucks. Everything CG sucks. It's always better when it's in camera. Over real. That's why Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick has over two thousand digital effects in it. Yeah. But they were not allowed to tell anyone about them because they wanted everyone to think everything was real. Right. Quote unquote real. Yeah. My well, they, they said fed the narrative that Tom right. was in the planes yeah. and, and he was and he was. Some yeah. of them, but yeah. some of it, you can't make planes do all that shit, yeah. or it's too expensive. Yeah. And it's like little things you you got to do your thing that you need to save the money or make it look right. It was just uh, one of the producers or cinematographer, I think, for the menu just revealed uh, yesterday or the day before that the first shot of the movie it's of fake. the menu is no, it's not fake. It's stock footage. Oh, it's stock footage. <laughs> they re, they recolored to that. look like the background the actress <laughs> is in, and then it cuts to the other side, and it's Anya Taylor Joy smoking a cigarette. Yeah, that, the shot of her lighting the cigarette is stock footage. That's and one great. of the reasons you can tell is because she's using a Bic lighter to light the cigarette, <laughs> and that character has a Zippo. Like, uh, very notably has a Zippo right, in the rest of the movie. that's part of the plot. But you don't know that yet <laughs> when great. you watch the movie. Yeah. So that's what you way cheaper than doing a reshoot. Or like that's when great. someone asks, uh, did you see the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? I did, yeah. You know at the end where everybody has the little statues that Groot, the little Groot makes for them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So someone asks, because Sean Gunn, his brother, who reacts to the statue so well, someone asks, like, was that the first time Sean Gunn saw the statue of him? Is that why his reaction is so genuine? And James Gunn said, actually, all those statues are CG because we didn't know what the shots they were representing were going to look like yet. So he's just acting because he's that good. <laughs> all those statues are CG. And they're like, why wouldn't it be cheaper or better just to make real statues for them? He's like, because we didn't know what those shots were going to look right. like yet. So it was actually cheaper and easier to replicate them in CG so they looked like the shot. So when you saw them, you, your brain would match them with the final shot that right. they were representing. And that was a better way of telling the story. And it's like, what I'm saying is, 
y'all don't know what the fuck you're looking at. Yeah. And that's <laughs> it's like true. nobody wants to admit it though. No, but and that's true in this Dragon Age footage too. We mm-hmm. don't know what in that thing is gonna be final. Actually what is part it? of the maybe game. maybe nope. Paladin's jumping on someone's neck and poking them with a stick is going to be in the final <laughs> game. And we're gonna sit here and be like, I can't believe they left that shit in. But, but probably like, not. But probably not. Yeah. They'll probably tweak that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things before we get going. Um, right now, the Steam Next Fest is going on. It is running until February 13th. There are literally, I think I saw a figure, like over 200 demos are going to be released in the next yeah, week. like tons and A tons. System Shock demo just went up today, if you want to check a, that and out. And there's a three-hour demo for Midnight Suns now, which everybody yeah. should try if you yeah, haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Because that, that game apparently did not do well. It tanked really hard, and it doesn't deserve it. So Critical success, sales failure. Commercially not great. So, Go go play that. Uh, it, go so play the demo one. of that and see what you think because I I really like that one. Yep. Um, so that is happening until February thirteenth. Head over to Steam. There's just tons of stuff going on for the whole week. Um, and then finally, we're shooting the next round of Pactor Factor. Uh, we would have shot it last week. However, Pactor was on vacation. Um, and so we've had a little bit of a gap here in between episodes of Pactor Factor, but we're shooting more on Friday. And look for a call for questions in all the usual places mm-hmm. here over the next couple of days. You got to ask them at sifted.net. We'll ask for them on our Twitter feed. Um, we'll ask for them at our Patreon account. You won't be able to miss it, but uh, start getting your questions together for Pactor. We'll be shooting a new round of episodes on Friday. Did you intentionally skip Nintendo? Oh, also, that's right. Tomorrow, there is a Nintendo Direct going on as well. It's supposed to be 40 minutes, and it's going to focus on the first six months of the year. So only games that are coming out before June. Matt, I would venture to guess we're finally going to get the release date for Advance Wars Reboot Camp. Yeah, well, the, there was a leak that's, that basically was a, was a leak thing from, like, people who got, like, store display things. And they said they had a, got a Zelda one. And one of the ones they got was an Advance Wars available now that was supposed to go up next week. Oh, well, there so you go. So it's going to stealth it sound, launch tomorrow. It sounds like it might, it might shadow drop tomorrow or this weekend or something. Okay, something it, to keep Because the, the standee that said that was supposed to go up on the 10th. Okay, there you go. So, so we're going to get that soon. We might get Advance Wars this week. Yeah, and as always, you can go to sifted.net. We'll have that curated for you guys so you can watch it on the site if you want to. But we'll probably be talking about it in next week's episode of Game Face. Although I think next week is going to be tight to fit that stuff in because we have a lot of big stuff to discuss. Okay. Mm-hmm. Probably should have had the big bring, six. Better hope they bring up Zelda or it's not coming out oh, in May. You think they'll bring up Zelda? If they're talking about the first six months of the year, that's Zelda. I feel like they're just going to give it its own. Direct. I think they'll give it its own, but I think they're going to have to give you. Every, I believe me, everyone online thinks they're going to talk about Zelda. Oh, so really? they better have something about Zelda so in there. So probably a new trailer, I'd be New my trailer, guess. little something, little character reveal. Like, not like the blow. I'm sure it will get its own direct yeah. to itself, like in April or something. But yeah. like, no, they, they, I think they need to. It's time. Yeah, it's time to start got, showing the game. Throw, we only have two trailers that hardly show the, anything. Throw the kids a bone. <laughs> I'm Let them play a game. <laughs> throw me a bone. <laughs> um, let's see. That's it for our not big six for the yeah. for this it's week's fun. episode. I was talking this morning to some of my friends online about, and they're, and they're like, "Oh, Zelda." I'm like, "I'm like, I just want to play a fucking Zelda game again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I want to. I don't want to sail a boat." I don't want to travel through time. I don't want to <laughs> waggle a Wiimote. I don't want to catch a train. I don't want to, like, I don't want to turn into a wolf. I just want to fucking, I want eight dungeons and a bunch of upgrades, and that's it. Like, I just, I. The I, biggest I, thing they could announce tomorrow is dungeons. Yeah, and it, just give me that a That would just game. set the world on fire. Yeah. 
That's there, all they need to say. There's eight dungeons in this game. Done. Done. People dance in, in the streets. Awesome. <laughs> Go Breath of the Wild, but Breath of the Wild, but we remember to put dungeons in this yeah. time. You could have called it that. And I'm I cool be, with that. Yeah, I don't. I Tears of the totally Kingdom is not a, is not is fine too, but like agreed. Yep. Uh, before we get going, we need to mention our sponsor, LS Cream. See the bottle sitting here. They are a cream liqueur. A little bit like Bailey's, but much better. Um, you can go to creamls.com, learn about the history of the drink. Um, it is actually from a recipe from his Haitian grandmother. Uh, the person who makes LS Cream is a sifter, a hardcore gamer, just like you, making sure you support him. All Also at creamls.com, there is a store finder. And what you should do is you should buy people bottles of LS Cream for Valentine's Day or buy one for yourself take it over for your date and have a good time on Valentine's Day. But anyway, head to creamls.com, all the information there, store locators there, everything you know to get on board with the awesome LS Cream. And with that, it's time for Game Phase 329. We're gonna talk first about someone else's coverage. Um, Game Informer does a great job every month with his cover stories. And this month's cover story, I would argue, is probably the biggest one in the last year, at least for most of our fans and our audience. And they are doing a huge blowout on Resident Evil 4, the remake of Resident Evil 4. Up until now, we had one trailer that had like 80 seconds of footage in it or something like that. Just basically a tease. Um, Game Informer this week published a whopping 10, at least 10 minutes, maybe 12 minutes of gameplay footage. Um, and what I want to say is we are going to run the footage here, but I want to say first before we do, thank you to Game Informer for supplying the footage. One. Two, make sure you go and support their coverage of Resident Evil 4. They are doing a great job blowing it out all month long. So we're going to talk about the things that are in the video here, but they are doing way more than that over at Game Informer. So make sure you go and support the journalists who are doing the hard work to bring you guys great coverage. I uh, just want to make sure that we're getting a nice plug in for Game Informer because they're doing a great job covering the remake of Resident Evil 4. And so Matt, we finally get a look at not just cut together trailers, we get a look at real gameplay footage from the Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, it starts here where Leon and Ashley are trying to escape the church and get to a helicopter to evacuate. Um, as you know, if you've played Resident Evil 4, they do not make it to the helicopter. Instead, mm -hmm. they get chased through a village and they end up in a cabin where there's this huge iconic scene where it's basically a horde mode inside the cabin with you, Ashley, and Lewis. First of all, Matt... What do you think about how Ashley looks? She looks fine. Do you like the old Ashley better or the new Ashley? I don't like Ashley very much. I don't, I don't either. I don't She's care. annoying AF. <laughs> All I hope I just I'm I hope that she still looks ridiculous when she pops back out of the dumpster. That's my <laughs> my favorite one of my favorite dumb things in the original is when when you call her back out of the dumpster, she like stands straight up out of the dumpster yeah. and it like looks like a Warner Brothers cartoon almost. Yeah. Like no one can do that. Like so I hope that's somewhere in there intact in some way. But no, I think she looks fine. Like, I think they all look a little weird. They do. Like, I, I like the old Ashley, but personally. I mean, I, I think, I'll just go on the record saying that, but I think that whatever. There's, there's something, There's they all have that Capcom engine quality to them. And yeah, it's just something, the RE it's engine. It's just something I accept now. Well, they look a little plasticky. A little plasticky, a little too pale. Mm -hmm. Um Also, Leon looks really young to me now. How about the HUD I, conversation? I that's think, new. That's yeah, something we've never seen in RE4. That's fine. That's better than making me look at a static menu screen. I wish you could move a little faster while those are playing. Yeah, well, we got to load things. 
because you, they slow you down to a crawl while those things are happening. But that is a new addition. Um, all this footage comes from Chapter 5. Um, about three hours into the game, if I remember correctly. I don't roughly. know Roughly. It's hard to really remember. It's been a long time since I've played RE4. I can't even remember what chapter is what anymore. There was a shot of the map. Um, so you're getting to see a lot yeah, of the stuff. The map, map looks there. Yeah. Looks... <laughs> so you're going to see a lot of stuff for the first time in the RE4 remake that hasn't been shown before. Um, I wonder if they will remove the ballistics line from RE4, where Ashley and Leon come into the cabin and Lewis goes, oh, I see the president installed ballistics on his daughter, mm. making reference to her chest. Yeah, I'll You probably, think they'll keep that in? I think they'll probably get rid of that. You think so? I think so. Well, how old is she supposed to be? I don't know. I can't remember. If she's not 18, they will get rid oh, of that. I think she's supposed to be over 18. Is she? Supposed to be. I but... don't know. Have you seen anime? Well, remember <laughs> remember at the end, and that's thus the lower third, when you're on the jet ski, she says, let's go back to your place and do some overtime. And he's like, nope. <laughs> guess you're 12 um I, I like the look of the old ashley you're right though she does look more like an adult he's, now he's no uh he's no leo dicaprio yeah <laughs> did you know that leo dicaprio and his new girlfriend they're the same ages as uh uh joel and ellie pedro and pascal and, and really Bella. like they're the, the same. same age gap yeah, that's the same no that's <laughs> the same ages oh they're both 19 the girls are oh, both wait, 19 Ellie's 19 the actress is right. Ellie is, but 14. in the show, in the she shows she's 13, 14, right? 14? She's 14. Okay, but the actress is 19. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, it's messed up, dude. There's no denying that. Um, like Billy Bo Baggins Leo, says, Leo they removed the ballistics line. Okay, that's fine. Leo DiCaprio's girlfriend is so young; her high school experience was disrupted by COVID. <laughs> that's insane, dude. Mm -hmm. So here's what everyone's complaining about in this footage. I'm going to rewind this very quickly so you can see it here. Once they get out of the church here, the rain. A uh, lot of people yeah, are comparing uh, the rain to the GTA trilogy rain. Um, this isn't even the worst shot of it. It gets worse in certain points where literally the rain okay, is... It, it looks way better than the GTA trilogy rain. Let's just start there. Uh, yeah. It, it, is, it does seem to just be an overlay. Uh-huh. Um, but the at least it's not glitching through the horizon right. half the time. It's not raining like, through like the overhangs and things like that. Like it's not busted. It's just an artistic choice that people are having issues with. Um, it's also It also seems to be a reference to like old school horror movie rain which was in fact just in the front of the camera and they would add milk to it to make it thicker so you could see it <laughs> right. on camera so i've paused it there and i do wonder if the rain is intentional to kind of obscure your vision because it works it definitely yeah. obscures like what you're trying to shoot at you can't see it all that clearly i mean i think it is intended as an obstacle of sorts yeah yeah i mean obviously they don't need it because there's indoor sections and stuff but like and there's sections where it's not raining but i mean i I think it looks fine, and also like like there's been a bunch of people that's like don't worry about the rain, like because they can easily it, change it yeah. and adjust it. It's a, it's an easy adjust, um, on, and like it's really only noticeable when he turns fast when you when you realize that the he's not turning through the drops. The drops are turning with him. Right. Like that's yeah. the issue. Yeah, is it's that, a little awkward. Is that it's when he turns, it's obviously an overlay. Yeah. It's not. A, an environmental effect. It's Cinetite's asking if you can see rain bouncing off the characters. You can. Yeah. Yeah. It does. But that's a separate visual effect, effect from from the, the actual like rain. It's not the yeah. actual drops you're seeing bounce. It's just it's a not real time. Rain. Yeah. It's all fake. And all no game does that. Nothing's, now, Matt, nothing's that powerful. But it is. Like basically, it's like it's not. Look, all almost all rain in a video game is 
some kind of overlay that isn't a real simulation. Right. But most of them don't make it turn with the character. That's mm -hmm. the problem here. And that should be a not horrible fix. Like that, that you could you can make that happen. Um, why doesn't it happen in this footage? I don't know. How do you feel about the merchant, Matt? We got our first look at the merchant. He mm. completely changed his voice. He doesn't talk like that anymore. He doesn't say, what are you buying? What are you selling? Yeah, no. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm well aware that things have to change for modern presentation. Like, that's just not how... It's like how Isaac talks now. It's like... Well, you want to, I wouldn't want to go through a modern game with a silent protagonist like that. And I, I think, mean, Metroid Prime 4, I'd be okay if Samus doesn't say anything. Only in the sense that I don't want a repeat of other M. <laughs> like, I'm okay with Samus talking and having more of a yeah. personality. I just, not just not that one. Yeah. You know? I miss the voice. To me, that's what, that's the character. What are you buying? Yeah. What are you selling? I mean, I think there's room in this, this reimagining for that. You know, because if they didn't, then everybody'd be like, oh, they didn't change enough. It's just a remaster. Like, it's like, you can't win. Like, that, it's like yeah, make him different. Dude, I really thought play, that play the, the merchant was someone, was something about RE4 that unanimously people liked. Oh, yeah, but they might like this too. Like, this is a different he, angle on it. I mean, he just seems very drab. Again, this is only one little scene that you have with we him, but know. he just seems really generic and dull. Maybe I mean sometimes that's what that's what happens, but I don't know. Like I'll we'll see how if this he does clearly, open the code at least. This is clearly not his first appearance in the game. So oh yeah, we'll of course see, not. We'll see what they do with him. So if you turn in, and your, if they're changing him drastically like that, that might be for a reason. They might need be, to do something with him. Maybe. Um, so that's a big change for people who have played RE4 before. He was a bit of like a cult hero to a lot of people mm -hmm. from the game. But also, he's still there if yeah. you want to go back and play the old one. The, the, Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil 4 is not unplayable today, and it's certainly easy to get on modern platforms. That's one advantage Resident Evil 4 has over like Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Um, is like, you, it, this doesn't feel like rescuing this game in the way that maybe it did for 2 and 3. Agreed. I agree with that. Um, so at the Merchant, you turn in your side quests. That's where you get credit for your side mm -hmm. quests, and generally in the form of currency. You can also upgrade all your guns here. There are three different levels of the guns. Um, and you can see that there's four different, at least for that weapon in particular, there's four different categories that you can bump up the three different levels. Um, sometimes that changes per weapon, but generally it doesn't mm -hmm. deviate all that much. Um, and so, and you'll see right here, as soon as you leave the Merchant, um, the way you get the side quests are there are blue pieces of paper that are kind of nailed to the walls and you pick them up. You actually saw Lee, Leon turn one in and now he's, there's, a, there's a new one. So as soon as he turned in his side quest, there's another brand new one right on the wall right next to the merchant there. I um, mean, you just pick up the piece of paper. It's like a wanted sign or whatever. Um, Game Informer mentioned that one of the side missions that it got to play through was there's like a, and it's actually this one right here. There's like a rabid dog running around in one of the villages and you need to go hunt down the dog and kill it. They also said it was very involved in like multi-part and that the side missions that they've played through so far have not been frivolous. So um, they also mentioned that there are new branching paths through the game. One thing I would say that struck me about this, Matt, is that this is game in general is not changed as much as I thought it was going to be. I really thought that they had like completely scrapped like the level design from the original game and just rebuilt everything. That is not the case. Like it is basically the same exact level design except they've added a couple branching paths here and there that you can go down to get like bonuses and things like that. Um, but I think if you were afraid that perhaps this RE4 remake was gonna stray too far from the original and you're a big fan of it like matt and i are maybe you shouldn't be fearing that as much anymore it really does seem like it's really true to the original with some tweaks here and there um instead of just being this completely brand new game with a couple nods to the older games um 
Lots I never of... really thought they were going to do that because that would have been incredibly stupid. Um, there's a, there's an eight and broke don't fix it quality to Resident Evil Four if you're going to remake that. So, so it is incredibly linear. You are essentially running down a cattle shoot the entire time. A couple branching paths Sometimes here you can and there. Pick your cattle shoot. That's all. What'd you say? Sometimes you can pick your cattle, right. cattle shoot. Yeah, really you can pick a different shoot to go down if you want to. If you want to find some special stuff. Um, a lot of stuff here for the return, though, like shooting the blue medallions. They're hidden all over the environments. You shoot those. They did say that there's a change and that there used to be X number of medallions per chapter. Now it's sporadic. There may be a handful in one. There may be 15 in another one, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So that mixes it up a little bit. I'm guessing they changed the placement on some of that stuff. At least I hope so. Um, as I said, you can upgrade your weapons. You can buy and sell items at the merchant. Um, each weapon has three levels for power, ammo capacity, reload speed, and rate of fire. You can also upgrade the knives now, Matt. Um, and the knives in the game have limited durability, though. Mm, yeah. So there's how your speed runs will happen. <laughs> but you can level up your knives because there's also a brand new like parry mechanic in the game that you use with the knife. So the knife is a more important in this. They also said that you could actually use it as a functional weapon. However, they do break over time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that probably like ties in with the fact that they got rid of the QTEs. Probably. So. Yep. Because we usually a lot of the QTEs involve the knife. Yeah. Like the fight with uh, what's his name? Who is that guy? The big guy. You have like the knife fight with is that Wesker? That's not Wesker. Wesker. Yeah. Is that Wesker. Yeah. You mean the QTE knife fight? Yeah. No, no, it's um. That's a, that's a Krauser. Krauser. Yeah. yeah. The dude with the beret. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Krauser. Um, an iconic moment. But I think they'll probably leave that in there, don't you? Yeah, I just it sounds like, you know, as you describe the knife combat, it sounds like that fight will just happen to play out. It could just be a real-time fight instead of a QTE. Yeah. yeah, that would be cool. Um, and now you're starting to see a lot of the combat. If you watch this combat, most of it is just use the gun to disable the enemy, run up, either roundhouse kick or stab him. Yes, that's accurate that's re4 that's the way it was and i mean there should be more suplexing but so you saw right there he shot a medallion very yeah. quickly there there was one up in that barn but it does look like the general combat flow is disable the enemy shoot him in the knee whatever you got to do to get him down on the ground or to, to just keep them or make them immobile come up roundhouse kick them stab him in the head if they're down on the ground you can stab him in the chest etc now you're starting to see the setup there's lewis who's made his uh triumphant return um, you're seeing the setup for the big horde mode cabin battle, which is one of the most iconic moments from Resident Evil 4. Um, lots of ideas. Was this before or after Call of Duty Zombies? This is before. So this is 2005. So Call of Duty Zombies. Call, Call of Duty Modern. Call of Duty Modern Warfare hasn't even happened yet. Right. So it, as it turns out, Call of Duty Zombies ended up borrowing a ton. From this scene, because you're pushing stuff in front of the windows, you're using boards to board up the windows. Um, I mean, you could also just argue that that's zombie movies. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Evil Dead, obviously. It would not surprise. I mean, this game was so influential. It would not surprise me if Treyarch was thinking, like, was sitting around thinking what they could do yeah. to differentiate themselves from Infinity Ward's game, yeah. and we're like. Well, we really like that scene in Resident Evil where you fight the zombies off in the cabin. Yeah, and there you go. Yeah. Could have, been, uh, could have been that simple. But even like the wood is like a an item that you pick up and then you choose which window to use it on and 
Blah, also, blah, blah. like this kind of thing, I'm you know, I've had some old old online friends, and a couple of them were hard, hard, hardcore zombie f- movie fans. Mm-hmm. And this kind of thing was what they always wanted. In a game, Th- you this mean? is the game they always, they wanted to be able to board up the windows and fight the zombies off and do all and build like a little like base of operate. Like that was what they always fantasized about being able to do. Like we we play like Left for Dead, and they'd be like, "This would be so good if you could do it like this." Basically, State of Decay. Yeah, is what they're thinking of. Um, except, you know, functional. This um, part was hard in the original, and it looks hard as nails well, in like, this. <laughs> well, the thing, that, the thing that keeps striking me about all the footage that has come out, even the original, the other trailer, it's so dark. It is, yeah. Um, the lighting I'm, in his flashlight plays a much bigger yeah, role in this. And I'm sure it'll be different when you're playing it on a 4K screen, because obviously the blacks are going to get crushed a little bit through, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, tra- you know, recording the footage and then you know putting it through a codec and then downloading the footage and putting it through the track. Like you're you're, you're not seeing the the truest image here. Well, but it not. is yeah. very. I mean, I can't remember a lot of moments in the original where I had to, needed a flashlight. Yeah. I, or if it, if there were, they don't stand out. You didn't I, need it. I just didn't. That doesn't that doesn't come to mind as part of Resident Evil Four to me. Me either. Yep. This part does though. Yeah. Um So the part where you go collect items and then you combine them so you have a mask and then you find three jewels you put the jewels in the mask it dramatically increases the value when you turn in the mask right. with the jewels versus just turning the mask and the jewels separately um right. so that's the, another mechanic. The merchant always likes it when leon does some crafting yeah um and so that's also returned for Look, this remake I made a crown yeah <laughs> <laughs> um a couple other things that were revealed in this footage um Obviously, you've seen already how the enemies mutate. Um, as you shoot them a couple times, tentacles will spray out of their heads and they become much more dangerous. That obviously has returned. In a minute, you'll see a dog that does that. You shoot the dog once and all of a sudden, this almost scorpion tail spurts up out of the dog's back. Uh, and it turns into like this crazy mutated dog. As I mentioned, the blue medallions have returned. You have to find in various parts of the levels and shoot them. Um, what else? I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much everything they exposed. Here you're seeing the cooperative stuff with Leon and Ashley, where you boost her up, and then she drops the ladder down for you. That stuff's all returned. Again, going back to what I said earlier, this game, this remake, so to speak, is much more true to the original than I expected it to be. That shot right there reminded me a little bit of um, Blair Witch. Because he walks in there, he shines a flashlight over, and there's Ashley standing in the corner, like right there. Like, isn't that like Blair Witch? Yeah, it's also it's also just I guess for the AI is only right. The stray AI just walked so over far there. Here. Yep. <laughs> um, so, how do you feel now after learning more and seeing more about the Resident Evil Four remake? Are you more excited for it? Less excited for it? About the same. I mean, yeah, it's, it's what I thought it would be. Yeah, it's a little. I mean, because the trailer, and I'll just. I'll play the trailer now so you can see, because this is all we had before. When I first watched the trailer, I really thought that more of it was going to be changed than it has been. Um, Because they showed the first scene and it was in the dark versus being in the daytime. And I was like, wow, they're going after a couple sacred cows here. But it doesn't appear that the entire game is kind of designed that way. It does seem like they have realized, man, there's people who love this game and changing it too much probably would not be the best idea. And I think I could agree with that. I think... What I'm seeing now through this footage from Game Informer is probably for the best. I think it's the smartest way to approach a remake like this. I don't think you can make it too different than no, the original. I never game. thought it, none of this really ever looked that different. I mean, yeah, it takes place at night, but like it just felt like they were going for a darker tone. 
that kind of matches the darker tone of the other remakes. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there's also an element of, like, if they could have done the original the way they've done these remakes, they probably would have. Um, they just, the tech wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, the lighting tech didn't exist to do Resident Evil 4 like this yeah. at the time. Yeah. It was just very brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that color palette really plays today, for the most part. Yeah. Like, um... So I, I I understand what they're doing, and I, but the, the other thing is like once he gets out to where these things are, it is d- nighttime, but I recognize all the locations. For mm-hmm. the most, but, you know, it all looks the same there, and then then the, the sun comes up. So I think this I think it's d- dawn at the beginning of the game. I think mm-hmm. I, like the sun will slowly come up as you get to the village, and then when you have your big showdown with the four thousand villagers, I think the sun will have come up. Yeah, that'll be in the daylight. I think that will be sort of the. Like as realization dawns on Leon that he's in a very bad position, the sun will dawn on this Spanish village full of tentacle monsters. Yeah, uh, and I think I think that'll be kind of the 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 lighting trick they pull for that. That's cool. Um, I guess I, I I guess I would say in general I feel basically about the same as yeah. I did. I'm more excited for some things, less excited for others, but ultimately I'm still jacked up beyond all belief to play this game. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I mean I'm not super excited about it, but I think it's one of those things where once I start to play it, I'll settle into it in a way. And I've kind of thought about playing the original again, like not all of it. It's, it's just a long game. But yeah, like, I was thinking about loading the original up just to kind of remind myself of how it is. For the I'm first not going to hours. Just so I can have a direct contract, because it has been like ten years mm-hmm. since I played it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might just, as a, but like I don't know. Like I, I, I remember bits and and you know memes of it, you know stuff that people always talk about, all the Salazar stuff and yep. all the, you know all the. the um, I kind of hope Leon's still a sarcastic jerk to him. Like yeah, I, like Leon's pretty funny in the original he is. game there's a bunch of funny lines like, yeah. like, I don't think it's not like the original Resident Evil where it's like you guys have no idea what you're fucking doing yeah. like, they're Resident intentionally Evil, funny jokes yeah he, and he gets the best of a couple of the enemies every once in a while and I think it's pretty, it was pretty funny and, Yeah. Um, so I'm I wondering agree. if they keep that aspect I of hope his personality. so I mean again they may have to rewrite a couple of the jokes Do that are in there but... voicing him have they mentioned who Leon. I don't know. I wouldn't know if they're the right voice actor anyway. I, I don't go that deep into the no, RE I'm, I'm sure it's not the same guy, but I, I'm yeah. just curious. He does sound different. Yeah, he is a different guy, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I just wonder who it is. Yeah, I don't know. Ashley. Ashley, because I think... It, uh, she no, definitely is different. Definitely different, yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. I do hope that some of that humor is in there. Because it was nice to have those moments, at least if you chuckled at them a little bit, mm-hmm. to create some peaks and valleys in the game. Um, and so hopefully they're still there. We'll yeah. see. And then I'm very curious where they go next after this. I don't think there's. I think they're done with the remakes. No, I don't think you are. I think. I think you. Code re- Veronica. You can actually, re- you can remake Code Veronica. I think you also have to remake the first game. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I am friends with Shinji Mikami on Facebook, and this week he hinted that Code Veronica is next. Mm-hmm. It would make sense to do that, but I think they also need to get to one eventually yeah resident evil one <laughs> it's needs so a funny real too. remake because usually most of his posts on facebook are just him like eating dinner or whatever <laughs> and they'll get like five likes and like one comment looks good what what restaurant's that but and then he posted the thing about code veronica and it was just like bleh, of people just like oh my god i can't wait like beyond that i think i think you can just let it yeah. After that, I don't, I don't think you need just. You don't Evil. need to remake five or six. I mean, you do, but well, you don't. need to make a new game. Yeah, you need to just start <laughs> just over. Trash it. Like just, just, just start over. Yeah, that's where we started flying off the rails a little bit. So, like remake five and six, and then just say seven and eight can stand. Mm-hmm. Um, but five and six are I. 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, five, I would be fine with if they just remade it without the partner thing. Well, we're going to actually talk about Resident Evil 5 tangentially here and the next topic that we're going to discuss, because Hmm. there's some stuff in that that probably would need to be changed as well. Yes, there's some (laughs) some things that would need to be addressed. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So anyway, that's all we have on the Resident Evil 4 remake for you here on Game Face. But again, make sure you head over to GameInformer.com or head to their YouTube channel on YouTube. They are blowing this game out all month long, um, but this was just like their first mm-hmm. big chunk of gameplay that they share with everybody. And we don't want to blow all their coverage, so we wanted to talk about this. And they will continue on showing new footage and tons of interviews and things like that. So again, please make sure you head on over and support it. And if you're a Sifted user, we'll be curating all that stuff on the site so you won't miss it. Um, so anyway, there you go. That's the latest on the Resident Evil 4 remake. Next up what everybody is talking about right now and i'm guessing what you guys probably thought we were going to discuss first on today's show and that is hogwarts legacy but we're, we haven't played it so we're not going to talk about the game itself and whether it's good or whether it's bad or not we wanted to discuss the cultural angle around hogwarts legacy because reviews came out yesterday and a lot of the reviews i'll just be honest i'm pretty surprised at how high its aggregate mm-hmm. score is especially when you read the review yeah i drafted it in my fantasy team hoping to get like a 7.5 it was at like a nine for parts of yesterday mm-hmm. now it's come down to like i think an 87 the last time i looked at it its aggregate score is really high and so from a fantasy perspective i'm like damn i got lucky on that one um but here's here's the thing the discussion is about whether people should cover the game or not i've seen People that I know and that I respect on Twitter, one person I know and respect says we're covering it. The other person I know and respect says they're not going to cover it. And the reasons that they give for each one, I can kind of understand. So what we really want this discussion to be about is what is the role of the critic? And not just for games, but for anything. Is it to just evaluate a product or is it to take into consideration the cultural significance and angles that are now imparted into pop culture products and they weren't before like back in the 70s and 80s sure you knew ozzy osbourne had bit the head off a bat or whatever you knew that kiss like didn't want to take off their make like you knew stuff but you didn't know as much as you do now and you didn't have social media where the people who were behind these pop culture things could go out and you could learn who they really were and you just that just you were they were inaccessible back then celebrities for most of matt and i's lives were inaccessible there is no way you could reach out and talk to a jk rowlings it just wasn't possible and you didn't know what they believed other than what they worked on maybe they did one interview well, sometimes in, you did an interview or get an expose or like but very rare like you just didn't know like what what the people who made the art were really like and what they really thought and what they really felt that is all different now there are some artists who still kind of pull away and don't put themselves out there but i'd argue 85 percent do they're mm-hmm. they're on social media they're interacting with fans and it's for the most part i think it's been a good thing but then there are examples where it kind of sours people on things that they love, like Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling and her stance on trans people. So what do you think, Matt? What do you think the role of the critic? Do you think critics should take into consideration things like this and that people who have decided not to cover the game are based upon what J.K. Rowling has said and done are right to do that? How do you feel about it? Um... It depends how you take your role as critic. Like, you know, and and there are critics that are just consumer reports. Like, I'm here to tell you that this car works and that these tires roll 
and that this vacuum sucks mm-hmm. or doesn't suck <laughs> or you hope it sucks because it sucks well <laughs> right um and that is a way that games have been reviewed in the past mm-hmm. that's 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 a thing you can do that if you May, want actually i'm sorry i should have framed this discussion better because people are asking in the chat what did she say what has she done mm-hmm. so we probably need to frame that first before we start discussing whether what's happening is mm-hmm. good or bad and you know um, better than i do yeah so. uh, jk rowling has over the last several years starting around 2016 ish but really leaning into it in the last three or four years um has outed herself uh as uh what some would call a turf uh i would call a turf uh, which is it stands for trans exclusion exclusionary radical feminist which is someone who supports supposedly supports women's rights but does not consider trans women to be women uh jk rowling would call herself uh, part of the gender critical movement which is the turf word for turf okay <laughs> um <laughs> and, a kind uh, of gentler way for them to identify it's themselves ju- it's just like a way to make it not like you know there's there's the whole argument of turf is a slur it's just like well no it's an accurate description of what you're saying mm-hmm. um but she has leaned very hard into and has been uh, into the idea of you know trans women are not women and they shouldn't be allowed in women's bathrooms because they're a threat which is not a thing you know that trans but basically one of their tenets is like, oh, that just means men can dress as women and go into women's bathrooms and rape women. And it's like, <laughs> that is so not weird. a thing that has ever happened. <laughs> Why I would do, they? I do. Well, yeah. That, that makes no sense. Obviously, assaults have happened in women's <laughs> bathrooms, but no man has ever felt the need to to go in camo, right? Like it's, I, They're just, just going to do it. no sense. Well, I will say, to their credit, uh, the gender critical folks at least do realize that men are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> one way or the other um so and so and like she, okay a shitty opinion like whatever um she didn't you know it would have been nice if she'd had the um decency as so many other british children's author authors have had to be shitty people quietly yeah. and in the dark until after they died and we realized that in the i mean this goes fact, back to what i was saying i mean it, roald, it used to be that way roald Dahl was not someone you'd want to have over for dinner right you know like yeah. he hated children apparently he, had, he was a very unpleasant man mm-hmm. but no one really knew that right when we were times reading, have changed yeah. you know and now she's out on twitter the problem really comes down to and obviously you know there's people that believe shitty things that we buy things from and play games from and all the mm-hmm. you know, um the fact that you know every time you buy a game system you are supporting like what may be child slavery and mining rare earth elements out of some like or you buy a in pair Africa of Nikes or whatever. Yeah. Here. like that does not preclude the fact that this is something you can discuss and be have a problem with like because you know about it once mm-hmm. you know about it, you can't know everything bad that you're supporting there is no ethical consumption under capitalism is a thing but it's also not an ex- a freedom from morality choices it's not a, it's not the excuse to do anything you want because everything sucks that's yeah. not what that is for it's to mitigate the idea that like you know there's any way to be perfect because there isn't yeah um the problem with jk rowling is not just that she has terrible opinions but she very very actively monetarily supports uh activism groups including uh, the lgb alliance which actively goes after trans people actively pushes for legislation to hurt trans people actively pushes hate against trans people has been responsible for real physical and emotional damage to trans people mainly in the uk um but it it happens everywhere there have been over a hundred 
anti-LGBT bills introduced in 36 different states just in 2022 and more than 30 this year alone so far in other states. Like it is an ongoing thing. Trump got on, you know, on social media or whatever is truth, whatever whatever that is, is. (laughs) and basically said, if I become president, I'm going to outlaw trans people and force people to be to detransition. Like, (laughs) and like, look, that was often couched as like, oh, protect the children from being forced to transition or what, which is again, not a thing that happens, but it's a, you know, conservatives love to invent things that never exist and then be afraid of them. Um, But like the, you know, that's, but before it was kind of limited to like, oh, we want the children to not have to deal with this until they're older. But Trump turned it into Oh, adult. so it's an ongoing kind of campaign of terror, almost, if you're a trans person, and, and that, that's sort of how it feels to be trans right now. And the problem is that Rowling does financially benefit from the, all the Harry Potter stuff, and she uses that money to directly fund horrible shit that fits her beliefs. It's not just her beliefs, it's that she actively can do something about it culturally and societally, and she has said very publicly on Twitter and other places that if you buy and enjoy Harry Potter stuff, she takes that as an implicit endorsement of her views. Now, did she actually say that she specifically was going to take the money that she makes from Hogwarts Legacy and give it to anti-trans well, trans no, organizations. I'm sure, I'm sure I thought she, people reported that she had said that I mean, specifically. She, I mean, she might. Um, I, if she did say that, I didn't see it. It wouldn't surprise me. But the other thing is, she makes so much money that she probably doesn't know where each money, each from. pound yeah. is coming. Yeah, you know, she's just donating large amounts to these conservative causes and these and these anti-trans causes. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally. Um, the line in the sand for me was her saying, if you like Harry Potter and support and purchase Harry Potter stuff, you are implicitly supporting my opinion on this. Mm-hmm. If she hadn't said that, I would have a lot easier time saying, like, well, it sucks, but like whatever, like dollar fifty out of my purchase of a Harry Potter butterbeer universal that goes to her is not going to, you know, you know, change any, you know, it's not going to be the, the end all be all. But then, like, she basically says, if she's going to come out and say, if you're still buying Harry Potter stuff, you are supporting me in that regard. Not just supporting her financially, but saying you support me on an ethical level. Um, that's a problem. Like, that's the line in the sand for me. I agree with that. How do, how do you feel about people who may not know that she ever said that? Like, I mean, look, not everybody is terminally online enough to know that that happened. It's kind of like the question that you sometimes will ask Christians. It's like, how do you rationalize the tribe that right. lives out in the middle of nowhere, has never heard anything about God or Jesus, mm-hmm. and they die? Do they go to heaven? Right. It's kind of the same question. Right. Well, that's the, the part of the issue is like, for me, um, I think the 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 end of it should be, I mean, look, if you've never heard of any of this with her, because it's obviously not a thing that pops up in you yeah. know, the Harry Potter extras on the Blu-ray or yeah. anything. Um, <laughs> the, like, if you've never heard about it, like, basically the the solution to that is like, oh, well, she said this, this, and this, and like, you know, it's like, oh, that sucks. You know, at the very least, I think you should be making informed decisions about whether you're purchasing Harry Potter stuff. And sometimes you don't have a choice. Like, if you're a parent and you have kids that love Harry Potter for some reason, because that was kind of a while ago at this yeah. point. If the kids are loving Harry Potter because of Fantastic Beasts, you might want to show the kids better <laughs> movies. That's all I'm saying. Um, but, like, you, know, that's, you can't really explain that to a kid. Yeah. That you can't have your Hermione wand because the woman who invented it 25 years ago is a jerk. Right. You know, that's, that's not yeah. a really conversation you'd have with a five-year-old, right? right? Yeah. Um, it's it's more like if you're going to choose to buy this game and play it and ignore the ramifications around it, um, that's fine. 
Like, I think that's like you, you, everyone gets to make their own choice on that. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to publicly go around and like proclaim you did that and either look for absolution or to trigger the snowflakes, you're kind of an asshole. Yeah. Um, Like, I'm going to think what I think about someone who goes and buys that game with full knowledge of what they're supporting. Mm -hmm. I am going to think a different thing about someone who buys that game, not knowing any of this is a thing. And just wanted to play a Harry Potter game. If someone just wants to play a Harry Potter game. And look, probably I have my own issues with some of the reviews I've read because I don't think a lot of these reviews texts match their scores, Mm -hmm. which is weird to me. Um, But then again, who knows? Um, IGN, I know it's not the same reviewer like that did both of these games but ign is trying to tell ign's editorial board is the same and ign's editorial board is trying to tell me that hogwarts legacy is a better video game than spider-man ps4 and that is a fucking lie that's i don't don't need to play hogwarts legacy (laughs) to tell you that i do not believe that especially having read the review which spends most of its time telling you how bad the game is yeah like i i know the combat never gets boring or repetitive let me keep spend a paragraph telling you how boring and repetitive the combat gets well that editor Um, in particular mentioned that they were a huge harry potter oh yeah and so i liken a little bit to from software fans reviewing all from software's games like a little bit but also Sorry, I get why someone loves From Software games to that degree more than I get. I mean, the Harry Potter thing, I know some of it is like you grew up with it. Yeah. When those books came out, I was in my mid-20s and I read them mm-hmm. and they were fine. Yeah. They were the early ones are very charming, nonsense, you know, British children's lit. Mm-hmm. And as long as you don't think about the world too hard for a couple of minutes, you you can they're, they're fine. The first two or three or four suspend disbelief, and yeah. then as you get into the fifth, sixth, and seventh, they start trying to take themselves more seriously and grow up with the kids who grew up with. You know, he's trying. She's trying to write to the older audience as those yeah, kids grow up older, alongside. Yeah. And as you start to be expected by the books to take the world, the wizarding world seriously, it just doesn't work. It starts anymore. to fall apart. It all yeah. falls apart because none of it makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point that some of the stuff in this game they couldn't really simulate properly although they get they have a little bit of a wiggle room because it takes place like a hundred years ago mm-hmm. so they it's like oh well that just wasn't a thing yet right like right. in this world that, meanwhile they've omitted it. in this world that has incredible amounts of traditionalism that apparently doesn't get over they refuse to use plumbing for however long right yeah um whatever the weirdest thing about the game that i read in the reviews is that there is no punishment for the unforgivable un, using an unforgivable curse oh like that's a big a, deal yeah, like there's no morality system. So if you use like Av- Avada or whatever that, that thing or something or, or Crucius or whatever, um, everyone kind of looks at you funny, but nothing happens. Nothing, to there's you. no repercussions. For no, you. like yeah. that's the you know, that's supposed to be Dementor quality punishment for yeah. that one, but apparently yeah. not. It, things were different around. It was a hundred years earlier. Hundred years ago, it was <laughs> end, of, end of the 1800s. I, was, I don't know. Um, so yeah. Um, Okay, so you've explained what's happened now. Yeah, let's, that's, let's... that's what happened there. So that's what when you see people freaking out about you know, whether they should buy this or not, that's why. Um, I do think you've hit a point. Yeah, like I said, I think the the decision should be: Am I going to do this or not? Am I going to buy this or not? And if you do, you know, you're saying something about whether you care about this issue or not. And there are people who do care about this issue who are going to judge you for it. And I think that's pretty much where it should stop. Um, I do not agree with the people who are harassing uh, Twitch streamers who are playing the game to the point that they need to stop the stream. Um, like this, can, like that's happening. Um, like they're getting brigaded by you know anti-rolling stuff to the point that they've stopped streaming right. the game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I get the 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 fervor that people have about this, and 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 that you know there are, there are trans people who feel their lives are on the line, and they may well be in yeah. terms of stuff. Um, I don't think Hogwarts Legacy is going to be the watershed moment in in legislation against LGBT people. It's just um, another step, but though. it is. But it is. But the one thing you have to understand about the people who are kind of cavalierly buying it anyway—not the people who are buying it out of ignorance, but the people who are buying it anyway—you have to understand that to people who are in this, to the trans people who see this every day and deal with this kind of prejudice and bigotry every day, they're seeing giant neon signs from you that say, I don't care what happens to you. Yeah. I want to play my video game. Mm-hmm. And I definitely understand why the product of that could be anger. Yeah, I could understand it too. Um, now, the counterpoint that most of the people who are saying, you know what, I am buying it, I am playing it, I am going to cover it, is that there are... 500 people who worked on this game mm-hmm. and to deprive those 500 people of you know their just rewards their royalties well, nobody nobody's getting royalties off this thing except her except her maybe like high-end production leaders are getting bonuses yeah, at a but certain point the people who work at the studio if the game tanks there's gonna be layoffs they're gonna cut down their staff people are gonna lose their jobs so where do you fall that's in not that, our, that's that not our job to worry about it's not. It has nothing to do. Like, I, so, that, you're, so you're worrying about that, one person's money, but you're not worrying about another person's money. You're worrying about one, J.K. Rowling's one, money, but you're not JK worrying Rowling's about the lead designer's money. J.K. Rowling's money. using her money to hurt people. The other people are using their money to have already gotten paid. They got paid. But they may lose their job. That's not my problem. That's my problem is that that's not anyone's problem to keep a game developer in business. They need to make business decisions that keep themselves in business. And one of those decisions might be not making a Harry Potter game. Um, but also by that rationale, we need to buy every video game. That doesn't make any well, sense. Every good video game that you want to buy. It's so, not so, just buy any game. So they should lose their jobs if the game isn't good. I mean, that's kind of how capitalism works. <laughs> right. But like good is subjective. So you can't make that that value choice. Like oh, that's not a thing. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on, what value is sub- that's subjective? Yeah, I mean, so what? What isn't subjective? The aggregate score? It's at an eighty-seven. That's not sub- That is absolutely subjective. That's but a bunch of subjective that it, only, it doesn't matter for this game, but it matters for all the other ones. Like, what? Like what, the score ultimately contributing to whether people stay employed or not. Like, it, it oh, only, I don't think Metacritic score should have anything to do with people. I agree with that, but that's not the reality. They, they, in fact, well, the it Metacritic does. score on this is fine, so it's not an issue. But you're still skirting around the question. Why right. is it? Why are you so concerned about J.K. Rowling's money, and you're not concerned about someone else's money? Because that's not the same thing. Those that that money but is not the same. But they could be unemployed, thing. and their lives could suck, just like a trans person's life could suck. If no, they J.K. Rowling unemployment money. is not the same as being hunted down and killed by right wingers. I agree with that. I don't think that that's going to happen. Give it time. I mean, and it has years. happened. I mean, that's of not course, everyone's been hunted. Every type of person's been hunted down and killed. Like that's it's just... not it's not a valid comparison. It doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make it. Her her money is the money you're worried about is 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 validating her use of money, and validating her opinion. Like every yeah, but, every but, sale in this okay, game. Let's she... imagine for a minute though that one of the employees working on the game, you don't know what they're doing with their money. But what if one of them is like pro-trans and the money that they're going to make on the bonuses from the game they actually put into a charity to counteract what jk rowling is doing like you don't know what they're going to do with their money so the, but it could i do be know what comparison. she's going to do with it and right. that's the point yeah i don't have perfect information about every human on the planet but i do know what jk rowling is going to do with that money I don't know. To me, I don't think it's as cut and dried as you say it is. Um, well, it is because we don't have biographies of everyone who worked on this game. 
like you can't know that but you're saying that you don't care about the people that worked on the game basically it's not your problem it's not your fault if they lose their jobs like tough luck basically i mean i say that about every game i don't buy yeah but this is a good one how do i know that Gen- okay. What if it, what, what if it doesn't <laughs> generally, matter? Generally, people if- believe this is a good video game. You may not, but generally it appears that most people believe it's a well-crafted video game. And you're saying you're okay with somebody doing a good job on something and not making money on their work. Or not continuing to be employed that happens based all upon the time. that quality work. But, but that, that doesn't mean it's okay, time. Matt. That's not an ethical decision I care about, no. If I, like, there's a very good chance I wouldn't buy this game anyway because I don't care about Harry Potter. Like, if someone doesn't like Star Wars, are they ethically wrong for not buying Jedi Survivor because the, the people who made that game wait, might go wait, out of business? Wait, wait, let's, let's rewind here. So are you saying that if J.K. Rowling had not said this stuff, that you would still not be interested in this game? You wouldn't play or buy this game? Probably not. Oh, come on, Matt. I mean, I would for this show, but if really? we weren't doing this show, I probably wouldn't. You read all the books. I'm for, not even a Harry not, Potter fan. Not for. I am not a Harry Potter fan. I don't like Harry I Potter. I never read the books. I've watched the movies. I still have not seen I mean, the, I don't, not seen the last movie. My point is, you're a bigger fan than I am. And I'm not I a would fan. buy this game. I'm like, not a fan. I would, I'm just aware of it. I still haven't seen the last movie. Okay, you, know? you have more built-in interest in the IP than I do. Is that fair? Uh, 20 years ago, Still, you do, though. And I would buy this game. I, I don't think I would for 70 bucks. Hmm. Like, I might get it later. Like, this was, I don't think this is something I would really? care about. Like that. I'm really surprised that you would not play this game. I don't now. think it looks very good. Like, really? I'm sure that, I mean, I know the reviews are what they are, but every piece of footage about this, other than the actual graphical quality, I don't think the combat looks like ass to me. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't look Dragon Age 4 leak bad, but yeah. like, like, it doesn't look interesting to me. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I realize this is the game that a lot of Harry Potter fans have waited for forever, but it's too little too late to me. Like, mm-hmm. if this had come out in, like, 2004, 2005, I probably would have. And there's been good games. Like, the, the, the GBA games of the first three movies are really good action RPGs. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's not a thing I particularly care about. Like, the, the, and also the world, like, more and more as the time has gone on, the thing that really soured, leave rolling out of it, the thing that really soured me on Harry Potter, beyond the fact that I thought the end of the books and the movies were lackluster, was those Fantastic Beast movies are garbage. They're bad, yeah. I couldn't like, even get through any of them. Yeah, like, I watched, like, 20 minutes and I have to Like, turn maybe that's unfair to the rest of the of the franchise, but, like, those movies, re- like, I didn't see the last one. I saw the first two. Like, those movies really put a sour note on it it's a spider-man 3 like stuff it's like like how spider-man 3 makes the other two feel a little worse because you know spider-man 3 is coming it's like that um so yeah i would probably if if i was not covering games on like a show like this i would probably be waiting for at least 40 bucks on this one wow i'm really surprised to hear that i really thought you would just want to play it um i would rather just keep playing spider-man if i'm (laughs) honest right now but like we gotta gotta play the new shit Matt, why do you think this has happened now? Because, uh, so I started going back and I started looking through, not just for gaming controversies, but gaming controversies that were at least somewhat relatable to this, like cultural type stuff. Like, you can go all the way back to Punch-Out! Obviously, there's cultural stereotyping there with all the characters in Punch-Out! Um, back Way back with some of the original Pokemon games, there was the Pokemon Jinx that was mm. accused of having blackface, and Nintendo went back and completely reworked that Pokemon so it didn't look that way. Uh, Resident Evil 5, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, has insensitive racist undertones in it. Um, I do think some of that is just cultural, like, disconnect. Yeah. Like, like, I don't think the people in Japan who designed Jinx 
knew what they were really I'd agree with doing that. there. Yeah, I don't think it was improper. Even though blackface caricature is part of, like, if you look at old, even in the, old, uh, the first Godzilla, you can see blackface caricatures on advertising billboards and signs in Tokyo, mm-hmm. just as part of the landscape. Yeah. But I don't, they don't have the same cultural weight that they do in America. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that was a malicious thing. It was just like, oh, this is a global. I agree with that. This is that thing where it's like, oh, if a, something becomes a global phenomenon, suddenly you have to worry about it's like the how the Simpsons has to have a fingers added in China because or, or Japan because having a missing digit is like a cultural taboo there. Right. Like yeah. you just it's it's just once things get big enough or like how Evangelion everyone suddenly realized they stole all the music from James Bond and you had to deal with that legally. Like yeah, when something becomes a global phenomenon, you run into things like that. Um, I think this is a little different because. Everyone involved, Harry, you know the Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling knows what she's saying and doing. Um, oh, okay, so what about some of these folks, like um, Mr. Fish and Fez? And it was interesting to see that Marcus is blamed for ending his career, but <laughs> Marcus Beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he, there's someone who is a pretty horrible person. It didn't seem like people were run over the coals for supporting his games and buying Fez. Well, he was a was horrible in what way? I don't honestly don't remember the Phil Fish thing. He had just very well. treated his employees like crap, right. and yeah. I mean, that's that, if you don't want to buy Fez, well, it's not like you have a choice on buying Fez too now. But um, thanks, Marcus. But <laughs> no, I, I, I think I think that was Marcus may have catalyzed that, but that happened because Phil Fish is a he's a piece of crap. Yeah, Marcus yeah. called him out though. And yeah, Marcus <laughs> nailed him, and he. It's pretty funny how he is now attributed with ending yeah. his career and the cancelization of Fez too. That is all attributed to Marcus Beer now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, as much as I liked Fez at the time, I do think very little of value was lost there. <laughs> yeah. But, and um, then there's there's Notch. Now, uh, now well, granted, Notch, but... now granted, he made most of the money off of Minecraft before he was outed to be a piece yeah. of crap. But game's still on sale. It's his creation. They're... Yeah, but he doesn't benefit from it anymore. Not anymore, so. but he did. He like, did, but there's nothing we could do about it because we didn't know then. Also, yeah. I think maybe he wasn't that bad. That like it feels like that was a spiral. He ended after up he on. got so after rich. he got rich and everybody and he realized people still didn't like him. Didn't li- yeah. even after he was rich. Yeah, it's yeah. a hard. Well, part spoil. of that was because his friends that he built Minecraft with, he didn't really give them their cut of the billions mm-hmm. he made. I mean, money, that was the money, first. Money changes everything, right? It changes people for sure. Um, so yeah, the Notch thing is an interesting situation, except. You know, I mean, that's where the the running gag about like Minecraft came from space thing. Goes. I don't know if you've seen that, I meme. haven't. No, it's Minecraft. There's a, it's a, either Minecraft came from space. When someone asks what who made Minecraft, you say that Minecraft either came from space or was made by Hatsune Miku, um, who was the virtual idol singer that pops up in those Sega games. Yeah. Because no one just basically the idea is erase Notch from Minecraft's history so you don't have to deal with the fact <laughs> that it was made by so, so Minecraft was given to us from space. Interesting. I don't know. Which again, which is ironically does cause erasure of the you know, I think he had like a team of like five other people that helped him, you know, build it originally. Mm-hmm. So those people should get more credit probably. But. I agree. Um what about David Cage? He's been accused of sexual and racist jokes at Quantic Dream. He obviously has continued on. He's now working on the Star Wars license. I mean, I'm not thrilled about any of that. But why do you think that it has? He hasn't faced any backlash. But he this has. is all happened. Not really, though. I, I mean, mean, he's still running his studio, and he still he got the Star yeah, Wars license. I mean, like, J.K. Rowling's still one of the richest people in the world. Like the, the backlash yeah, because ba- she controls everything. Yeah, but he controls his studio. Nothing. He didn't his- control the Star Wars license though, and 
Disney was still like, we're okay giving him this. Even yeah, I mean, that is a very good question. I mean, I would love to know the answer to that. It's a little interesting. Um, not even just like, oh, he's sexist or what, but like, clearly he was having difficulty with his company. Um, and it still is because that game is nowhere to be seen. Like, yeah. he couldn't even staff up fully. Um, part of the thing with David Cage, I think, is that his games just don't come out often enough for that controversy to really bubble up very often. Well, remember this controversy about the domestic violence in Detroit. Yeah. He skated by with all this stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, part of that, I think, is also that he's French, and the news stories on that tend to be reported on over there and not yeah. so much over here. And he's not a national figure. He's not an international figure in the way that someone like J.K. Rowling is or... Um, uh, um, but if you so imagine you're, I mean, in, how many people? I'd be, I'd be curious how many people Hogwarts in France Legacy. know about the Phil Fish thing. No, I hear you. But imagine you're a developer on Hogwarts Legacy, and you're like, wait a minute, we're I'm going to lose my job. I'm probably going to get laid off after this game comes out because people are hating on J.K. Rowling. Here's this other guy. I David. don't think they are because I think this game is going to sell millions. It might. So it, it's been the tops pre-order on Steam and PSN and Xbox for yeah. weeks. Now, that may be because there's nothing else to pre-order. Yeah. It's the only thing on the, really, right now, on the schedule, yeah. AAA-wise. It's got its own little window. But, uh, no, I think this game is going to sell like crazy. But let's imagine that it doesn't, and you're one of the developers, and you're like, man, there's a chance I could lose my job after this game comes out because people are mad at this person who owns the IP. And then you're looking at like David Cage, and you're like... He skirted by. He's still employed. He didn't have to worry about losing his job, and his game didn't even sell very well either. Like, Detroit, not a big hit. But like, I would argue that David Cage, while he's been a shitty boss, has also not been donating literally millions of dollars to an anti-trans hate organization. I mean, we don't know, but you're probably, I mean, probably, you're probably not. right. Yeah. Maybe he would if he had that kind of money. I don't think David Cage has that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, David Cage does not have J.K. Rowling money. Yeah, that's for um, sure. And David Cage has also not come out and said, if you buy this Star Wars game, you think it's you're supporting me in my endeavor to make my female employees uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be a perfect analog. I'm just throwing out some other yeah. people from. I'm, what, what I mean is the J.K. Rowling situation is is unique. Yeah. Like there is no other. There's no. I mean, real that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, there's honestly. no real equivalent to this. There's. It's, it's, it's not just as as I think you'll notice if you look at people like especially trans and and LGBT people talking about it on Twitter, especially today, like a lot of them um, are talking about like how one of the other like kind of unique aspects of this situation is the is the betrayal they feel mm -hmm. in the sense that they all love Harry. They also love Harry Potter. Yeah. It's like they don't want to play this game. Mm -hmm. You know, even, you know, I know several trans people who are like, I really would love to be able to ignore the JK Rowling thing and just play this game because it looks like a thing I want to play mm -hmm. as someone who grew up with Harry Potter. Yep. But I just can't do that with a clear conscience. And it's that it's not just that she's a rich, successful person, and it's not just that she's a rich, successful person with bad opinions, and it's not just that she's a rich, successful person with bad opinions that has the money and actively does use that money to, to enact on them on a societal and political level. It's that she wrote this thing that everybody took as such a, a positive thing. It got kids to read. It got kids into reading other books. It, it created a whole cottage industry of young adult things. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a whole section of kids literature that is basically just Harry Potter derived, you know, um, 
the message of the book is basically be kind as best you can. You know, if you want to take it as kind of the most, you know, the thing you would impart to a child you were reading the Harry Potter books is like, don't be a jerk. You know, be, be kind and treat people with an open mind and an open heart, mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic considering yeah, what she the is irony now. there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that message is still in it. That message is still there. Um, and so a lot of these people, a lot of these trans people that love Harry Potter and grew up loving Harry Potter, have, you know, have, there's a profound betrayal there that she turned out to be this. So... I never had any kind of hero worship happening. Uh, and also you had, you know, she was a women's icon. She was very successful. She's a you know, kind of a rags to riches story because she had no, you know, she didn't really come out of, you know, some kind of nepotistic situation. She was writing this on a napkin on a train at mm-hmm. one point, you know, like there's, there's like all the all the pieces are there for like the perfect kind of, you know, you know, meteoric rise story. And then this, this, it's yeah. like, that's why a lot of the, you know, a lot of the commentary you'll see is like, you know, I don't even care that you think this, but I wish you'd just have been, you know, just talked about it with your friends and not on Twitter. Yeah. A lot of it just really Ignorance is bliss. Uh, You're right, though. That's what I was going to get at. It's like a lot of people just don't know. Yeah. Um, Like, for example, Dennis Dyack, Silicon Knights. Not Mm. a great guy to work for. Toxic in the workplace. Uh, Brad Wardell, the CEO of Stardock. He was sexually harassing an employee. He ended up settling the court court case out of court. People don't even realize if they're playing a Stardock game that the CEO is a piece of crap. Like, how many people even play a Stardock game? Right, well, and, but, and that's and that's actually coming up because they've got a new Sins of a Solar Empire thing coming up, and yeah. I really love Sins of a Solar Empire, which did come out before uh, all that stuff happened. It starts um, to get really messy. It's hard to keep track of hard. like everyone. Like, I, and I, you know, look, I, I, am I gonna probably buy Sins of a Solar Empire the new thing? Probably not. Like, I have some history with that mm-hmm. situation that I did that goes into other things. Um, you know, would I have a problem buying, you know, the Star Wars game from digital, from Quantic Dream when that, if that ever comes out, if if. we're, if we're doing, again, if we are playing, if we are still doing this show in 2027 or whenever that comes out, then yeah, I probably will. If (laughs) not, I don't think I ever need to subject myself to that game. Again, the advantage with the David Cage thing is that I hate the games he makes. If I loved his games, there would be a bigger problem here. If Dennis Dyack still made games, I mean, I would argue that Dennis Dyack doesn't make games anymore. He really kind of doesn't. I mean, you know, and that wasn't... trying to get a sequel to it. That wasn't because he was a jerk. It was more because of some poor choices related to the unreal engine um he 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 has a history. there's a lot of yeah there's a long story there's there's hours long youtube videos about the silicon knights thing go yeah. ahead and watch them they're amazing the co-creator of counter-strike jess cliffy he was arrested in february 2018 on charges of sex with a minor mm-hmm. he engaged the services of a 16 year old prostitute it's like it. So it, you, if you keep, you can just keep finding this stuff. Yeah. And it feels like everyone's kind of skated by until now we get to this moment. And a lot of it, I think, is cultural change for the better. Well, to be fair, also you're you're all you're listing a lot of game developers there, and no, yeah, no one really cares. I mean, look, one of the lead designers on the Hogwarts game was also a an alt right. Like, yeah, I remember weirdo, that. And yeah. he left the project, but no, I haven't heard him brought up. I don't remember his name, but like mm. I haven't heard him brought up in the context of this at all. The whole context is at the top of the py- the food pyramid on this thing is someone who's going to use that money for a nefarious purpose to hurt, and someone. we know that. Yeah, that's the thing is we know that she told us. Yeah, yeah, and like that's the, the difference here. We know that we yeah. can't know all that. We can't know what De- you know. De- I don't is David Cage using money he makes from the from the Star Wars deal to 
fun hurt people hurt people maybe i mean maybe but yeah. like i don't know you that. don't know for sure I don't, yeah. yeah you can't tell for sure ignorance and and by the way people may not realize this ignorance is not stupidity ignorance is just you lack the yeah. knowledge you haven't learned about it yet um and ignorance is a big part of this whether you mm. know or you don't know and how are people gonna know if you know or you don't know so which brings me back it's also but also by the way it's also okay for all these other things to be happening and for this other thing, whatever it may be, and maybe it's not J.K. Rowling, maybe it is David Cage for you, but mm-hmm. like, for one thing to be like, that's too far for me. I'm not going to support that. I am I can justify to myself, and that's the only person you need to justify it to, is yourself. Yeah. Like, like if it doesn't bother you... People don't feel that way anymore, though. <laughs> no, people... People care more about what other people think than what like they it. themselves think But in think the end, if, if, you, if you want to desperately play Hogwarts Legacy, and you don't care if, in the end what J.K. Rowling does with their money, that's between you and yourself. Yeah. Like, that's your decision. So let's go back to the critics and the idea... I, I might think what I think about it, but who the hell am I? Yeah. Let's go back to critics and how their people are saying, you know, it's my job to review this game and I'm taking mm-hmm. the culture. And I'll be honest with you, that's how I view my job. And I've said this a million times on Game Face. I said it a million times on Invisible Walls. I review what they give me. They send me code or I buy code. I just review what is on the disc. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's my job to yeah. tell you whether the actual game is good or not and to not take into consideration anything else because there have been other artists throughout time who have been horrible people but have created amazing art and people still respect the art. I mean, you can even look at like someone like Michael Jackson. Like already, mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, Matt, but things are softening on Michael Jackson now. Yeah. Like, for years after he died, you would not hear his music during NFL games, during anything. Mm. Now it's all starting to leak back in. So there's lots of terrible people who But also, Michael Jackson is dead. He is, And yeah. does not benefit from the playing or purchase of his music. His family does, so... Yeah, but his family... I mean, well, let's not get into the yeah, Jacksons. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's just stay away from that. Well, like, Lovecraft. Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft. Horrible, racist, dipshit. Even for his time. Like, there are letters to, from his friends that are like, dude, you should probably tone it down. You know, yeah. even for 1920, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, he's dead. Yeah, he's it no, matters. He died, you know, you're not... Buying a, a Lovecraft thing is not giving money to someone who's then going to use that money to amplify their shitty ideas. Yeah. Um, that is the... That is kind of the that's why it's such a unique situation with Roland. Yeah, it's hard. It's um, hard. And, it, the, and it, I think the, one of the things that's so compelling about it is the dissonance between her and her work. Yeah. Is the distance between how positive Harry Potter seems to be and how she and is how and shitty <laughs> like she has turned out to yeah. be and it's it's bizarre. It's yeah, it's like it is bizarre. It's like I if, never would have guessed it like ten years ago or whatever that this yeah. would be happening. It's it's like if G- George Lucas showed up at a neo Nazi rally. You're like, dude, the Empire but the Empire yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Why what do you think that was about? You yeah. made it. It doesn't it, compute. Yeah. So me personally, like it's not even for me, and it seems to be most critics who are deciding to cover the game are citing what I said earlier, that there are people working on this game. I want to make sure those people get paid for a job well done, et cetera, et cetera. That's not even it for me. I'm, we're going to cover this next week. I'm, I don't know if Matt's going to play it. Maybe not. If he doesn't want to, that's totally fine. I am going to play it, and we are going to talk about it next week on the show. But that's because of my editorial background of, I just review what's on the game disc that they send me. Mm-hmm. My, to me, my job is to tell you whether a game is good enough or not, not to decide whether the profits made from that game are going to be used for good or bad. So that's my stance on it. That's why I am going to cover Hogwarts Legacy in next week's episode of Game Face. But at the same time, after having this discussion with you, I already knew. But 
even further after having a discussion with you, I totally understand where you're coming from and respect your decision as well. So, um, and by the way, I am going to consult with like about my trans friends and sort of talk because I'm torn on the on this game yeah. because on one hand, like I don't want to give her any money or support. On the other, like the reviews have been so weird mm-hmm. and the the whole situation is so I feel like I am on a on a poor footing if I haven't played it and mm-hmm. don't know what I'm talking about from the point of view of the game because I do think uh, for the most part I have not if if I if there were major reviews that got into the political ramifications of J.K. Rowling's pr- beliefs, I didn't see them. And would you feel right um, about that if like the no, reviews I think, mentioned no, that I think stuff? I think you need to review the game as the game. Yeah. In the same way that like if I was going to review a Roman Polanski movie, I would not get into the things that right. Roman Polanski did. Yeah. But if there are things in the movie or the game that relate to weird shit, like like I would pro- I would bring up the Jewish stereotype uh, element of the goblins, sure, uh, yep. or like aspects of the blood libel that are in the child sacrifice subplot yep. in this game. If it's in the um, game, it's fair game. But yep. unless there's like unless there's a thing where a famous children's author donates a lot of money to an anti-trans organization i don't see a reason for that to be in your review of hogwarts legacy yeah and as far as i know that's not a plot point i believe there is a trans student in the game uh the first the first officially trans character in a harry potter work that might have been a fig leaf yes that was that was the (laughs) that was the developer basically trying to like figure and apparently it was somewhat cleared and you can be i think you can be uh, a trans student uh, your character can be or something like that I'm not clear. So on it that. sounds like at least some of the developer has tried to mitigate the damage. The, the damage from, for sure. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I, this feels like Avalanche's heart is in the right place, mm-hmm. and they're just. You, I mean, Avalanche and whoever. What's the Portkey Games mm-hmm. is the other the, the the official Harry Potter developer, game yeah. developer thing. I'm not sure what the division of labor was on that. Portkey is in um, all the promotions, so yeah. So I assume they were maybe more involved than we thought. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I had in my head that Avalanche was the lead. On my this. guess is Avalanche probably did a lot of the heavy lifting with the engine and yeah. I mean, if, and yeah, Port it feels, Key probably handled it the design. Definitely feels the, like you hire Avalanche as like kind of the you're, you know how you've done this before. You know how to build an open world. Yeah, sort yeah. of like how people keep bringing Crystal Dynamics in for third person games. Yep, agreed. Um, oh. So yeah, I think I think the review, and for the most part, from what I've seen, I haven't read all the reviews, but it seems like that's what everybody did. Like because it is fine to talk about social and political ramifications of the content of a work. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm certainly you know one of my big templates for um, reviewing and criti- criticism is uh, Roger Ebert, and mm-hmm. he never shied away from that. But he never got he never really brought the the creators into it outside of what the work says. And I think that's kind of the angle you need to take if you want to be a serious critic of the medium. Like, And I believe that is that goes beyond consumer reports to me. Like, you need to inject your opinion. You know, this gets into the whole thing about objective, subjective. Reviews are subjective. I'm sorry. If it's objective, that's a bullet point list. That well, there's is, certain things that are either in a game or are not oh, in a game. Oh, sure. I mean, either the... But then your opinion on whether they're actually good or bad Either the shot is in focus is or the shot is not in focus, but you also need to talk about the themes and how they relate yeah. to this and that. that You can't talk about it, and as, especially nowadays. I mean, I guess it was more... Uh, in the 16-8-bit era, maybe it was easier to talk about a game like you'd review a car. Yeah. But it's like, harder now. I think it's harder yeah. now because they have become more and more art objects. I mean, I, we didn't talk... We're not talking about it today, I don't think. But I did play some of Season. Mm. Um there's no way to objectively talk about that game. That game, um, well, the, the major focus feature of that game is that it put me to sleep three times. Yeah. And, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing because it's doing what it's doing. Yeah. But, like, 
you have to give someone your experience. Roger Ebert would always give you his experience. Joe, Joe Bob yeah. Briggs will always give you his experience. Yeah. Lester Bangs will always give you his experience with the music. I think we do that here on Game Face with the games we try that we play. To. Yeah. And I think people try to do that for the most part. That is how tr- people try to write game reviews. Yeah. And usually you're on the other side of this where everyone's screaming about how that, obje- that review is biased and you need to be objective in your reviews and you have to explain to someone that a game review, any kind of review, is by definition a subjective opinion. Yeah. Um, but I would not. I would argue that no, you do not have to have inclusion of the uh, J.K. Rowling controversy around this included in a review of Hogwarts Legacy. I think you can review the the game on its own merits, especially since she did not personally direct it or anything. Yeah, like you, might, I could see maybe bringing that up if something in a Fantastic Beasts movie tied in with something that you thought was related to her her weird uh, you know political social agenda. Um, because she she writes though you know she's yeah. the credited screenwriter yeah, on yeah. those, um, but yeah, and I think for the most part, um, this even is just the her I, cash and checks, even the IGN review, which does seem to have some, um, it feels to me uh, that the person writing the IGN review is struggling with what the game is mm-hmm. and its shortcomings and what the game represents and her shortcomings. And in that it was the game she had waited a yeah, really long and time for. Their, and their huge fandom of Harry Potter on yeah. top of that. I, if You can feel the tension between those things in that review. And in the end, the re- the review, I think, maybe airs too far on the side of, let's make sure everyone knows I recognize the flaws of this game, but I love Harry Potter so much I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the numerical score turns out to be something a little weird. Now, there is some um, value to that for a specific type of person, yeah. like her. The, yeah, I'm also the other big thing, Harry Potter fan. The other read thing that to be say, like, she's me, so right. I'm buying that. Well, game. and the other thing to say is that, and this is, I think, the, an argument that's gone on with game reviews for as long as I can remember. There is a difference between what you will get out of the written part of the review that way, and then the score. Yeah, like nothing can strip the textual review of nuance quite like having to put a number on it. Yeah, and. I understand. I, that's why Eurogamer went scoreless so soon, so mm-hmm. early. Was like they were trying to do much more nuanced criticism, and when you have to end up still boiling that all down to a number out of a hundred or whatever Eurogamer whatever your scale, scale is, was, yeah. um, it it can feel either limiting or cheap. Um, and you know, we ran into that. We didn't run into that with a five point scale on X Play so much. But those reviews were easy, man. Those were easy. I could play a game for two hours and know where it fell on the five point yeah, scale. <laughs> sure. But we but we ran into it with trying to translate those scores to Metacritic. Yeah. Because Metacritic would insist that a three out of is five a 60. was a sixty. Yeah. Which is not what a three out of five meant on yeah. our scale. Like we were not to, I mean, look, in a perfect world, yes. That a sixty yeah. would not be seen as a bad score for something, but it is. So that's not what we meant by a three, and that was a constant argument to the point that eventually X Play scores were no longer uh, listed on Metacritic. That's because, why we we never submitted our gaming yeah, scores because we to didn't want Metacritic. them to drag down the Metacritic score because either. that could affect the bonuses yeah. and and the. Yeah. the we were reviewing games with our evals. We review games, evaluate games on the real ten point scale. Yeah, and so most games were coming in like a four point five, which meant you didn't fit into the right. into the aggregate. So our review scores were like four point five to like seven. 7.5 or something like roughly mm-hmm. um, and I was like I'm not going to cost someone their bonus because we review games on a scale that other people aren't reviewing it on so we just never submitted our scores to Metacritic or any other aggregate site so but mm-hmm. again you have to take that on yourself you have to really care about the people who are making the games a lot of people would just be selfish and be like F that I'm putting my game eval up on there because it's going to drive a ton drive of traffic, traffic to us yeah. but I wasn't going to do it was it a mistake 
I don't know, but I'd rather be able to go to sleep at night. That's all I can say. So, I think I don't. I also I would judge it differently between like say someone with a small site who doesn't have the clout or the ability to like who needs those views mm-hmm. versus like we like were, me, yeah, like you, <laughs> yeah, like, like it's I needed it. But yeah. game trailers was a big corporate yeah. entity, yeah. and so that was a different thing. Yeah. Um, we we probably needed it at X Play. That was probably one of the. I mean, what really killed us was Directv removing us yeah. from. Yeah. From that those, did it. But like that was always a frustration was that we could not. Yeah, it makes a difference. You get a lot of pin action from being on those aggregate sites. Oh, it's yeah. just the way it is. I, I was I was in some very heated uh, <laughs> speakerphone calls. Believe yeah. you me. Yeah. Let's go to the uh, chat because this is. I don't want to spend it. I could pro- We could probably do the rest of the show just looking at what you guys because I could just see out of my peripheral vision that the chat was exploding. I could just see the scroll going on as we were discussing this. So I know a lot of people have points that they wanted to share. Um, tiny blip in history. If this game wins game of the year, the world will flip out. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm not worried about yeah, that. Yeah, there's too many other great games coming out this year. I don't think that'll be a problem. Um, I mean, maybe I think Spider-Man 2 is going to be able to crack that elusive 90 Metacritic this time. Uh, I... I mean, I, I don't want to harp on the Spider-Man is worse than Hogwarts Legacy thing, but come on. Like, and that's not even a Hogwarts Legacy criticism so much as, like, every once in a while I'm forcibly reminded that Spider-Man was really underrated in the reviews. Yeah. Like, I, the fact that that has an 87 Metacritic is baffling to me. Yeah. Is there any reviewer getting flack for just reviewing the game? I don't think so. I haven't seen anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are if you go through Twitter and find people complaining that... I mean, the most I've seen is people complaining that anyone is reviewing the game. Yeah. Um, and there are... So one thing I did notice, and that, that I don't... You know, this may just be the algorithm knowing who I am. This may I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I have not seen Hogwarts Legacy pop up on anything on Steam. Like, I have to go look for it on Steam. And I'm yeah. kind of like, are they... Is, is Valve not promoting the game is it not putting it up because it's not up on the big billboard things you know i didn't see it whereas on epic game store it's the size of my screen so i thought that was interesting that might just be but it but hogwarts legacy is absolutely the kind of game that steam's algorithm would think i'd play because it's an open world action rpg i don't know it's curious it's interesting um estmont i don't care about harry potter or the game but all these politicizing everything but all these people politicizing everything is stupid I agree with Shane. Uh, go look at creators and you'll find a lot of bad things. Enjoy what you enjoy. Life is too short to live like that. I would not just blanket say that I would do that. But I believe there does come a point where it's like, how far down the rabbit hole do you got to go mm-hmm. before you're, like, you're, you're consuming pop culture in a way that isn't hurting other people? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe it still is going to hurt other people, but maybe you should feel guilt over the end result of it. It's... It could keep you awake at night. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not like. Again, like the thing about that is like. Wampler, I'm still weirded out when I hear "Pretty Young Thing." Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people who react yeah. that way to Michael's music now. I'm one of them. Still, like, That's cringe true. sometimes when I hear some of his songs. I'm like, I'm still not ready for it yet. I'm not ready to him be to be reassimilated into pop culture. I'm just not. Um, imagine if Jeff Keighley put this on the next the Game Awards. Um, Replying to Red Fox, this game deserves just as much as coverage as the other games. Keeley did put it on the Game Awards. It's been on the yeah, Game well, Awards. It, yeah, it did, it did go on the yeah, Game Yeah, one Awards. of the trailers on our TriCaster is called the Game Awards trailer. Yeah, yeah. that's true. He did. He already did. And um, it, I mean, if the if the panel at the end of the year votes to put it, votes to nominate for stuff, it will be nominated for stuff, I'm sure. Like, he's not going to step in on that. I, yeah. can't, I can't see that happening. There's, I can't get to all your comments. This topic, though, I mean, look at this, Matt. This is the most feedback we've had on a topic on Game Face, maybe oh, yeah. Because it's just, you're, you're right. I mean, at the end of it all, 
this has never happened before. This is an unprecedented thing that's happening right now. And yeah. It's hard to blame is a sing- anyone for how they're going to react to it. Yeah, rolling is a singular event. It's, it, it's not just powerful person, rich person, anti-trans person, right-wing person, left-wing person, popular. Like she, it's a very specific series of events that can only happen with this one particular person mm-hmm. because of what she did, what she wrote what she meant to so many people, what she meant to this entire generation, how that generation kind of grew up to largely support this one thing that she now opposes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's Here's what I find funny about this. So there's these people in the chat saying, next topic, move on, move on. No, <laughs> the chat is proving you wrong that it wasn't time to move on. Look at it. Look mm-hmm. at how much people had to say about this. No, there, it wasn't time to move. I feel like people who say that are uncomfortable with their beliefs sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. Obviously, people who say that don't agree with us and don't. Right. Don't Obviously, hear it. it wasn't time to move on no. because look at what everybody had to say about this topic. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. on. So obviously you were wrong. It wasn't time to move on. People had things that they wanted to say about this. And I do get it on some level. You come to watch Game Face, you're like, I just want to hear whether a game's good or not. But if you've watched Game Face, you know you're never just going to get that from this show. Mm -hmm. That's not how we roll. We care about this stuff. And obviously, based upon our chat, a lot of other people care too. So, And that, by the way, like... That's what the best critics are. I'm not saying we're the best critics, right. but I'm saying like the critics I aspire to emulate are people who contextualize work in the larger context of humanity, the human experience, the societal experience, and yes, politically. Yeah. Like that has always been a thing. And all my favorite critics do that. Going all the way back to uh, to the 50s and going back to even Pauline Kael did that. Even, and <laughs> Mello Ka- Pintor. These, those are the guys who know their opinions are shit, but would rather not get into it. LOL. Pretty much. <laughs> Um, JM Rain 99 says, this matters to me deeply. I am going to encourage people to not buy the game new. I totally understand, mm-hmm. totally respect that opinion. And I think at the end of the day, that's really what we need to do, is we need to respect that this is a very unique situation and that everyone's going to react to it in their own way. And I do think there are some extremes that most people can say, that's the wrong way to look at it. But let's just... Let's take a step back before we go after people over the next week here, because this isn't going to end. The game still isn't even out yet. Most of the reviews yeah, this still gonna, aren't even out this yet. This is going to be gaming discourse until the next big game comes out, whatever that happens yeah. to be. Yeah. And I don't know what the next big thing is. Yep. So anyway. What um, is the next big thing after this? I mean, March. Not March. One, This is the big game this for This is the February. big February game, yeah. but is it, what's, the, what's the next big thing? Probably RE4 remake. I feel like there's got to be something earlier in the... It's in March. The it's in remake. it's late March, but it's gonna be oh, I got, actually, my, my, oh, Atomic Heart is yeah. soon. But that could that's, be a four. That could, could be, be a nine. Um, <laughs> we don't know. I, no, what I was thinking of was Jedi Survivor, but they got delayed. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so that out. is also late March. Yeah. Or now it's April now. Isn't it? Like a Dragon Ishin. It's probably one of the. Well, I don't think that's going to change the direction of the discourse. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyway, I would just say this: like looking at our chat, you guys were also very respectful of each other. And that's great. And that is the type of audience that I have tried to propagate on Sifted. That was the objective from the beginning is to create an audience of people like you. There's another game I'm not going to play. Well, because I've already played the demo. Nothing to do with it culturally. I just that was enough for me. Was the demo. I I clearly do not need. Oh, PSVR two, right? Yeah, that's that's true. So I just want to say thank you all for being amazing people, which I knew already because I interact with you guys all the time on Sifted, and I know you're all good people. So. It's good to see it coming through in our chat, especially with sensitive topics like this. 
uh, that you guys all respect each other and you treat each other mm-hmm. as equals with varying opinions. So that's great to see. So we'll be back to talk about Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the YouTube comments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whole different story. It really is. It was so funny, too. So last week, I opened the show talking about how I lost one of my best friends. And like YouTube comments, nobody even mentioned that. It's just like it didn't even happen. And if they found something that they didn't like about what I said or you said, they're like, Shane, blah, 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 Matt. Blah, blah, blah. It's like the, the, the human part of it on YouTube is just gone. Mm-hmm. There's no humanity there. And maybe part of it is like the YouTube audience is just like, skip, 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 skip. And they don't watch the no, intro. No, they just don't hear the human parts. Maybe. Because you, if you humanize. Or they just ignore it. Because we're the enemy to them. I guess. Why That's would it. I be the enemy? It's like because dumb. we disagree with them. I guess. Yeah. So anyway. I love you guys. You're all awesome, but I knew that already, and you guys knew that already. And we'll talk about this game again next Tuesday. I will play it. Matt, do what you want to do. Totally cool. Um, if you don't play it, then you can just ask me questions about it or whatever. But we'll figure it out, and we'll talk about it again next Tuesday. That's Hogwarts Legacy. Next up, another big game that was blown out this week, Tekken 8. We got some initial trailers for it. We know already that it's a next-gen exclusive, only coming to PC ps5 and xbox series and that was pretty much where it all ended Mm -hmm. we didn't know a whole lot more about tekken well this week they blew the game out they did a huge 40 minute uh presentation where they literally just walked you through all the systems now i will say this it was dry af so if you guys saw that and you were like i'm not watching that I get it. And that's why we're here. Because it was a 40-minute piece that we're going to wrap up in like eight minutes. Because that's how we roll here on Game Face. They went through all the systems in the game for Tekken 8. Mm-hmm. Um, did they, you get- re- they revealed some of the worst new looks for fighting game characters <laughs> I have ever seen. Like, Paul Phoenix is a fictional man, but he should still sue them. I know. What in the? What is she wearing? Why I don't is know, she wearing dude. a jacket over that? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> what? This was the other thing they announced. Nina is returning. Yeah. Well, duh. Duh. I mean, most of the characters I've seen for this so far have been duh. Yeah. The Paul Phoenix. I mean, Paul Phoenix has always looked like an idiot. Yeah. But like, I. He's like a knockoff Guile, basically. Yeah, but now he's not even like he looks like some schlub you'd like avoid at a at a gas station. Like, like I don't. Or as 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 uh, as said, uh, was it John Green? John Green looks like the guy you would glance at in a Walmart. Yeah, like, yeah that's Paul Phoenix in this game. Yeah, like, you look at him, you're like, he's probably gonna start some shit. Let's get out of here. Like, I feel like this game should look better, Matt. I mean, I think it looks. I mean, I think technologically, it's really looking good. In Do you the think sense so? Of, oh yeah, it's just particles and lights and. Da, da. I think aesthetically, it's not great, but that's tech. I mean, look, that to me, that's Tekken. Tekken has always been ugly. This game me. should look ace. It's next gen only. You're drawing, and this isn't one of those games where like the environments like are destroyed and you fall down to other. What you see is what's there. Like you're not rendering a ton of rendering a ton of polys to create the stage. Like the characters and everything else should look mind blowing. They look good. I'm just a little disappointed. I think they do it. look really, good. and I think there there are there's tons of special effects and particle stuff and everything. I mean, they they are. This is next gen only for sure. That look, look what Paul looks. Paul looks like. John Connor from Terminator 2 grew up and got fat. Like, I don't... What is happening here? Like, how did he go from the Ken ripoff to this? I don't he kind of looks a little bit like Bill from The he Last of Us. He does look a little bit like Bill. <laughs> from the video game version of Bill. Yeah, <laughs> Not the, the TV show version. It's like, this um, is a long way to go to get a car battery, dude. 
Um, You're but not what, getting through law. I'm sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, what really matters is how it plays. Let's be honest. If you're a fighting game fan, like what matters is yeah. the play. I, the I mean, systems. Looks, I, yeah, I think it looks. It doesn't good. look bad. I just, I just again, I just don't agree with the art style. And yeah. but like that is not a new thing for Tekken for me. I think Tekken has always been ugly. Yeah. Um, I think it's almost its trademark. This is the first raw gameplay they've shown for this, by the way. Yeah, the other... I mean, they showed what I think was probably gameplay, but it was all cinematic. Yeah, it's all cut with weird camera yeah. angles. This is the first time they show the actual game being played. Now, if you go and actually watch the developer doc, it's 40 minutes, and they show a ton of gameplay, but it's all, like, picture-in-picture picture stuff. This is the only direct-feed, full-screen gameplay that they had included, and I went in and edited it all. It took forever to chop these little bits out to give you guys a good B-roll, so hopefully you're enjoying watching it. I mean, it um, certainly looks like Tekken... Like, gameplay-wise. Yeah, yeah, juggles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the main tenets that they struck out to try to accomplish with this is letting players be more aggressive without being punished for it. Um, they also wanted to be able to onboard... God, I hate that character design. I really do. <laughs> like, I, I can't get over how much I hate Paul's design. They also wanted it to be easy to onboard new players, so there's some things in the game that make it easier for people to understand. Like, it has the control scheme, Matt, where you can just assign combos to a button mm -hmm. so you hit a button and then your character does like five different attacks all strung together right which and the difference here is that you'll be allowed to use that to play online mm -hmm. whereas with street fighter they have that functionality but you can't use it online here they're going to let you use the one button combos online people mm. i have a feeling that might be something that's changed over time i don't think it will no you think they'll leave it that way yeah they'll, they won't allow it in tournaments though right no one in a tournament would use you'd never that. have a chance anyway well, yeah, yeah you've, if you're using one button combos, you're no, you have no chance. Because here's the thing, especially with like, the game like with Tekken, it's not about being able to do the combo nearly as much as being able to get the combo in unblocked. Like, you've right. still got to connect. Yeah. And if you're just doing an auto combo without waiting until you've actually hit them or hit confirming, you're just opening yourself to punishment. Yeah. Like yep. it's not going to change. The, it's not going to change the playing field when you're up against someone who knows what they're doing. Yep. Um, that's that's. I'm sure it's uh, that's fine. I can't imagine a lot of Tekken, like hard, hard hardcore Tekken players are going to be like shaking in fear over that. <laughs> one. Andy says says he just ran out of gel. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, so there are several... Yeah, in the grim future of Tekken 8, there is no more hair gel. <laughs> Nina took it Dystopia. all. That's, that's where they're fighting. She used it all for her you, she's got the, she's got, That's why she has the jacket. That's where all the hair gel is. And he's trying to get it. Uh, uh, so there are several this systems. probably makes more sense than the story that's actually it in probably, this game. It definitely does. You know it does. <laughs> this is Tekken, by the way. Uh, so there are several systems they put into the game. I'm going to give you a quick synopsis. Again, you can go watch the developer doc. It's on Sifted if you want all the gritty details. But here's like the Crypnos version uh the rid the rage system which was started in tekken yeah. 6 I mean, returns. look at all the shit happening in there it's just yeah. the particles everywhere i mean the rain looks better than it does in resident evil 4 i'll tell you that but. yeah that's for sure uh the rage system gives players boosted attacks when their health hits a certain threshold so basically it gives you a chance to come back if you're getting your butt whooped you basically dole out more damage until mm. they can finish you off do you yeah, like I, that mechanic in general yeah, it's fine yeah like it's i i comeback mechanics are just part of fighting games yeah. especially now like I prefer something on the level of like, um, like I like the X Factor in Marvel vs. Capcom Three, mm -hmm. which because it did basically the same thing, but it was limited. Yeah, like it didn't last the whole time. You had a, you had a brief window where you could you know do a nice little comeback and, and do a lot of extra damage and and move a little faster and stuff. Uh, the rage system in this, you actually control 
how much you use. So I think there's three different levels. Mm-hmm. And the first one, like the first one just gives you a slight damage advantage. The second one gives you the damage advantage plus like priority in combo or whatever. Like so there's three different levels you can use for the rage system. Um they're also now easier to execute with the controller versus how they were in Tekken 6. Um, and then rage drives, which were used during rage to extend combos, have been removed. Uh, and those were moves that you could do. If you were good enough, you could extend the time for rage if you pulled off these certain moves. But those have been removed now for balance purposes. Um, it also uses the health recovery system from Tekken Tag Tournament. So another way to kind of regain health. Um, but since there's no tag mechanics, in order to recover the small chunks of health, you have to do that by attacking the opponent after blocking their big attacks mm-hmm. or after taking aerial damage. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the Bloodborne system. A little bit, yeah. And they include it to encourage more aggressive na- the more aggressive nature from players, since if you don't attack, you won't recover health. So again, everything they're doing with this new fighting engine is to encourage you to keep pressing, to keep attacking mm. instead of turtling. Which is weird because like Tekken's not a huge turtle game. It's not. Really. No, like, it's not at all. Like yeah. I, like if you did, if you told me what the problem with Tekken Tekken Seven was, uh, too too defensive would not have been my. <laughs> well, it's like you you like to say all the time. It's a solution in search of a problem. Yeah. Well, it, it, some of the, sometimes like it just feels like with the fighting games, um, Street Fighter Six has some elements of this too, where it's like. You just needed something new. Yeah. Like, you needed a new system. Something to say. When here. people search, what's new in Tekken yeah. 8? Actually, something comes up. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, you could definitely argue that... I mean, I guess, like, changing up the rage drive thing is one... Of the, but Tekken 7 kind of nailed it. it. Like, did. I don't know if you really Which is why that. it was popular for the first time in yeah. a long time. For Tekken 7 is one of the first times that I've ever had interest in watching tech, like high-level Tekken play. Back when I first started covering the, the tournament stuff... Uh, back in 2008 when that got big again for G4 like um I remember when in the grand finals night when Tekken came on cuz I was friends with a lot of the the, the the Street Fighter players and the, the all those guys the Marvel players when Tekken came on we just all went to dinner yeah and then we came back 2 hours later and and did that like and now people would stick for Tekken 7 for that was Tekken 6 uh, or whatever maybe it was 5 at that point but when the Tekken 7 like people stick around and watch that yep. cuz it's really interesting Yep, and now there is one brand new system, completely brand new to Tekken 8. It's called the Heat System, and this one really encourages confrontation. It's basically a period of time where it's overwhelmingly beneficial to be an attacker. You basically press a shoulder button to activate it, and your character turns into blue flames that last for 10 seconds. You have five different Heat Engager attacks per character. They're different for each character in the game, so five different attacks that you can utilize during that 10-second window. And you can extend the duration of the heat by piling on the damage. So they removed it from one of the systems, and they actually brought it back for the brand new heat system. You can also utilize heat burst attacks that slam the other character on the ground. And then that also initiates Tekken's always popular juggles. Love them or hate them, they are going to return for Tekken 8, as you've already seen in this B-roll. That feature actually comes kind of from Tekken 6. Uh, but the entire heat system is gated by a currency called heat energy that you can expend at various levels, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, blocking heat attacks enables chip damage. However, you cannot die from chip damage, which is an interesting kind of dichotomy. Mm-hmm. That was also true in um, Street Fighter. Yeah. Five. Yeah, so you can't get cheese to death, basically, mm-hmm. which is good. I'm okay with that. Um, and then, as we mentioned... I'm surprised it took so long for that to be a standard thing. It is, yeah. As we mentioned, there are multiple control schemes. There's the typical Tekken control scheme, and then there's the one that I mentioned earlier. 
and that's called Special Style, and that combines the easy combo and assist features from Tekken 7, uh, where single buttons can be assigned to combos. Um, and then that's it. The only other small tidbit that they shared is that the team behind Fighting EX Layer are handling the netcode for the game. Mm. And apparently the netcode for that, yeah, that for is, Fighting EX Layer was like God tier. Yeah, that is some pristine rollback there. Yep. And so they Which got, was a problem with 7 that they never got rollback on that. Or if they did, it was very late. Yep. And so they have the right guys on the job for the online play. So overall, I think Tekken 8's looking pretty good. Yeah. Um, it, but we still don't know when. Yeah, they still have no release date. Just this year mm -hmm. is all they're saying right now, which means it could get released next year. Who knows? I didn't see yeah. a lot of people drafting it on their fantasy team. My guess is they're targeting October, November. Yeah, yeah probably Q4. Uh, but right now, we don't have a hard date. I think what we're seeing so far of Tekken 8 is pretty good and building on maybe the best Tekken ever, which was Tekken 7, which, as Matt mentioned, brought it back into prominence in the esports scene and made it a legitimate game for competitive play. So I think Tekken 8's looking pretty good. Um in pretty much every way. I think the modes are looking good. I think the look of the game is okay. Um, technically, it's one of the better looking yeah. fighters ever yeah, I think, released. I think te technologically, I think they're they're really doing the job. I just, I think it's kind of, everybody's kind of ugly. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's Tekken. You're also not a big Tekken fan No, either. I, don't, I never liked Tekken. Like, do you think much. you'll play it when it comes out, Tekken 8? Not for 70 bucks. Yeah. Like. Because it will be. Yeah. It'll be 70 bucks. Yep. Like, I don't, mm. That extra 10 bucks makes a difference. I mean, I, I don't hate Tekken, but it just doesn't really do a lot I for find me. myself, when I buy games, I research now whether the PS4 version is the same as the PS5 version. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times they are. Because they got to realize PS4 games still need to run on the PS4 Pro. So they're going to be 4K even just for the PS4 version. Now, mm -hmm. some developers actually go the extra mile and make the PS5 version look a little better than the PS4 version. A lot do not. So well, I this actually one, this one does not have that problem. Yeah, so. I will actually I actually research that stuff before I buy PlayStation games now. So something to keep in mind going forward. But anyway, there you go. That's Tekken 8. No release date coming to PC, PS5 and Xbox Series X. Next up. We're going to talk about Xbox. I know we did a big preview of Xbox a couple weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago now um, to kind of go through all the stuff that was coming out in uh, 2023. And we did that with all the platforms. Um, However, we got some news over the last week and a half that some of the games that we would assume are going to be killer apps for Xbox are actually properties that may be in a little bit of peril. So the first warning sign was that it was reported that 343, the studio that was formed just to create Halo games after Xbox lost, lost Bungie, was not going to be developing Halo going forward. And that was like a big story, and people were freaking out. They're like, who's going to make the Halo games now? And blah, blah, blah. And then 343 came out and tried to say, oh, hold on, slow your roll. We're still working on Halo. However, Matt, like some of the stuff that they said didn't add up. So they basically what they said was, we are still working on the stories and the multiplayer from the Halo franchise, which when I read that led me to believe that, okay, you guys are going to handle the lore. You're going to, you're in control of the Halo Bible and deciding what's canon, what's not canon, what stories are going to be told and what kind of games and, and et cetera. And you're responsible for multiplayer of Halo going forward, making sure that people care about it after a week after it's been released, which has not been the case with Halo Infinite. Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. And then what about the campaign? Who's doing that? 
I'm going to guess nobody is doing that. Do you really think that's what's happening? The original rumor was that all the single player, all the campaign stuff was canceled. And then Bungie, or 343 did kind of be like, no, I'm like, but okay, well, we'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, that statement to me was not definitive. It was not very convincing. Yeah. I mean, it's... All I'll say is that... Um, this is a killer app. This is supposed to be one of Xbox's not, biggest <laughs> properties. It's not, though. Like, Halo... Has Halo turned into Metroid? A little bit. Seems, um, it kind of feels like it. Here's the thing about Halo is, like... You know, not everything needs to last forever. Yeah. Halo might be done. I mean, E3, we're kind of coming to that day. realization with E3. Yeah. <laughs> Halo might... Also, like, during all this conversation about halo and uh, uh, somebody brought up like the uh, uh, season two of the tv show and i forgot that tv show happened right yeah until someone mentioned that the season two was actually <laughs> i'm like oh right that was a thing i've completely forgot that show happened isn't it shocking that they basically gave the new halo away and it became it wasn't even discussed like two weeks later no. when conceivably all these people got to play it that either wouldn't want to play it or didn't because, think it was worth the money well, because halo's halo's done like like because the thing you forget because like halo is like such a big ip and everybody knows what halo is and everybody knows halo my mom like, knows what halo is yeah everyone knows yeah. <laughs> but you know what in halo infinity halo infinity had to do the same thing that fucking um back for blood had to do they had to take people away from the mm. thing they were already spending all their time playing. Yep. They had to lure people away from the multiplayer games that they had to begun to play regularly instead of Halo, because Halo multiplayer hasn't been a hot thing for how many years. So I really Halo, tried. Halo to had to it. basically lure everyone away, and it didn't. Yeah. Like and I and look, like you know, like Vincent's saying Halo's not done, but Halo Infinite is mostly done. How many times does Halo have to fall on its face before it's time to admit it's not it's time to stop throwing two hundred million dollars at this yeah, thing? Yeah, I mean, how many more chances do you give it? This is the third time. Yeah, you're right. Four, five, infinite. It might be time to move on. Yeah. And maybe bring it back, like, you know, in a big reboot in 10 years. But after everyone's forgotten that Halo is kind of an also-ram now. Now, even though people, it appears, have decided that they don't care about Halo anymore, what if they were to announce something like that, Matt? Do you think it would still negatively impact their business? If they were what? to say, you know what, Halo's going on a hiatus for 10 years? And we'll bring it back when it makes sense. <laughs> what would people do? Play the game? Like, there's nothing. What would what would change? Like, well, people deciding whether to buy an Xbox or not. They're like, oh, oh, I don't think you announce that until you've got all these other things people want. In gotcha. addition, you know, okay. like you. So you're just saying that they just don't say anything no, and it just disappears for, for a while. year or two. Like you gotta get, you have gotta have. Um, I think you gotta have. Uh, you know, Hellblade 2 and Starfield and Gears 6 and Avowed and, you know, a, some clear preview material for Elder Scrolls 6 in the in the bag before you start saying, like, Halo's gonna go away. I mean, 343 also has lost significant talent. So are they... The other they... question is, do you have anything to replace? Do you Does Halo need to be replaced in the lineup by right. another shooter? That's what I'm getting at. Like, because Gears... I, I mean, clearly... I don't know about people in general, but clearly Microsoft does not consider Gears and Halo to be really equivalents because no. third person, first person, yeah. sci-fi versus kind of more gritty. You know, I mean, I, Gears isn't horror, but I don't think of it as science fiction really. Um, it's uh, it's a little more mystical. We got a lot of Xbox fans in the chat freaking out. <laughs> They're like, but, uh, "No way, Halo goes away." That's crazy talk. I mean, Halo, maybe no reason. Not going on hiatus. I mean, if it didn't, it's only because of 
Microsoft's inability to know when the game is over. Like, I mean, it's very likely it never goes away and there's no such thing. But I'm saying, if you're going to look at it realistically, this franchise is done for a while. I mean, my question is, is it even, is it even consequential anymore? Does it matter? Doesn't seem to. I mean, it, that's what I, I don't think it does. It doesn't I don't think seem it, to. It's hard to believe that we get to a place this soon, this quickly. Because not only did Halo Infinite not really catch fire... There wasn't a lot of consternation over the fact that it didn't catch fire. No, like there's the fact no that moment it, in the game that everyone talks about. There's no iconic anything in it. And the multiplayer didn't hold anyone's attention, and no one really complained. Because the progression about, was glacial. But, also, but no one really complained. Like you don't see people with hot takes about like, oh my god, I can't believe Halo. Everyone's just sort of moved on. Yeah, they're like up. Oh, it was Halo Infinite. I yeah, got, and they moved on good. because it was free, basically. Yeah, part, and people like, had paid for they it. They didn't feel like they were losing anything, right. so there wasn't. I, worth I do wonder about. if it would have been if the backlash would be worse if people had paid for That's the possible. game. That's possible. Yeah. So this is supposed to be one of Xbox's killer apps. I really struggle to say that anymore that it is. Particularly when you look at some of the stuff that's coming down the pipe from some of its internal studios that, to me, look far more interesting than what another Halo would. Yeah. Do I don't you know, care I don't know. about Master Chief's story anymore? I really don't. No, Master Chief's story was completed in Halo 3. Yeah. There are, there's room to tell stories in the world. I mean, look, my favorite Halo game is ODST. A lot like, of people say like, that. I yeah. think that was the most... Because like, it was... Um, it was a little more interesting to play as that side of things after seeing the Master Chief side of things for so long. And I think kind of the the boots on the ground aspect of the war with the Covenant was more interesting than the mystical nonsense Agreed. that you got into. Yeah. Um, and I mean the last these the Halo four through six, and that's what this is, is Halo six, let's be honest. It just it's they felt like you're just Master Chief goes in search of a plot. Like, I, there's nothing happening. Halo 5, especially, was just a wow. <laughs> Andy Team on it. He's, he's on a roll today. He said it goes back in stasis like Master Chief. Yeah. <laughs> You're funny today. Wake him man. when you need him, because apparently you don't need him right now. He's. Erebus Jones says if you wanted a superhuman space marine in an opaque helmet to fill the void, they've got the other yeah. guy in their stable. They do, because now they have Doom. And you can make Doom do a lot more different things. I mean, Doom Eternal, you could not make that with Halo because Halo has to fit a certain right. role. Doom, mold. Yeah. Doom, I mean, I, look, a lot I, more malleable. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like Doom Eternal as much as Doom 2016, but I understand why it works that way. And yeah. like, it's and people, a lot of people did love it. It became a very high skill level game, especially in the the speedrun community. And like, you can do that with Doom, but like. Whether you did that with Halo, you'd get like millions of people. If it was a hit, if you expected to be a hit, all the Halo fans are be like, "What the fuck is it?" Like, yeah, like you you have more freedom there. I think Halo is a, in some ways is a victim of its own success because it has to feel like Halo. It has to be recognizable as Halo, but also everyone's played Halo to death, and no one wants to play Halo anymore. <laughs> like, like you're just sort of caught. In it's this, a catch twenty two. Yeah, like yeah, there's nothing you can do. To, like, how do you make Master Chief feel fresh again? I don't know. But apparently again, his, as I say this all the time, apparently that's not a, our job. No, but apparently you take his helmet off and you have him fuck somebody. Like that, that was the, the solution for the show. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um, but for the games, I don't know what you do. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So, I, also, I also think you should. they should stop leaning into the brute enemies so yeah, much. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, I think the worst thing that happened to Halo is that the Covenant War ended in 3. Yep. The, that was the hook. Yeah. It was a it was a varied enemy force that did not need justification, and it, it, it really worked. And the brutes were just sort of this like other enemy type that showed just up to made be a it big guy. Each skirmish a little more difficult. Yeah. yeah. And now it's just like they're I didn't need to entire be like, games based on them. Yeah. And now they're like the main <laughs> enemy, and it's just like I mean, even like Halo Reach going back to play Reach and fighting just fighting elites again. 
was great. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's silly. Yeah. It just, it just feels like, generally, Halo ain't all that anymore. And it's not right. going to move hardware. It's not like this feather in the cap anymore. It's not something that Microsoft and Xbox can count on to move the needle for them anymore. That's a huge shift in a relatively short period of time. I saw one of our, one person in chat, Shora F, he is an actual developer, and he brought up the 343 also has had a, a dodgy track record with treating its developers and its employees mm-hmm. as well. He said he's not losing any sleep over the fact that 343 may lose Halo. And maybe that's what's needed. Maybe it does mm-hmm. need to go to a different studio Look, with a different perspective. Look, the people that made Halo what it was back in the day do not work at 343. Yeah. Then more left just recently. They all went to make, well, most of them went to make Destiny. Some of them stayed behind, but I think a lot of those people have left too. The the, the Kiki Wolfkill left. Wait, she did? She went to another division of Microsoft. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I missed When Kiki Wolfkill leaves 343, you are in trouble. You guys probably don't know who she is, but what Matt just said is. You should know who she is because she is the greatest name in the history of human beings. She really does. Kiki Wolfkill. Kiki (laughs) Wolfkill. She's also awesome. Um, But she's behind the scenes generally on the Halo franchise, but. Matt's right. If she, I didn't hear that. She went over to another. Uh, if she left the Halo Microsoft franchise, thing. that's a big effing deal. Because she was, she was kind of the the keeper of the canon, the keeper of the Halo Bible. Yeah, in her a lot and of ways. Uh, her and Marty were like the two remaining old guard. She also worked on the TV show. She's also yes, kind of like did. Miyamoto in that she handles all the cultural stuff around Halo as well to make sure they're not screwing it up. So that's a big, big deal. But it's not just Halo, Matt. There's another big franchise that you just kind of mentioned haphazardly a second ago that also things are starting to get a little yeah, here funky. The, uh, Kiki Wolfkill seems to have left, has reportedly left 343 Industries to work elsewhere in Microsoft. Maybe she's just going to do this TV show stuff full time now for um, all their properties or something. We'll see. Um, there's another franchise that also we're starting to kind of wonder if it has the pull that it used to, and that is Gears of War. The Coalition... And now it wasn't announced, but it leaked out this week that the coalition had been working on two other games in addition to Gear 6. And both of those games were canceled. In fact, one of them was a smaller kind of indie-ish type thing, which we like to see from these bigger studios Mm -hmm. when they get a chance to kind of just come up with a cool idea and execute on it. They were making a game along those lines. That was killed. Another bigger budget game was killed. And now, reportedly, they are all in on Gear 6, which I would argue is probably the right call if you're thinking about the bottom line and what's going to generate the revenue. I guess. But you're going to give it away on Game Pass anyway. You're gonna, Yeah. I mean, does, it, does generating revenue even matter anymore? I mean, that's kind of the crazy part about it. And this news comes from Jeff Grubb, by the way. I always want to make sure that we cite people who break stories. Jeff Grubb, who is still at Giant Bomb, by the way. He, he was not one of the layoffs, so he's still there, which is good to see because he's reported some great stuff. Um, but yeah, he reported they had two other games in development that have now been killed to work on Gear 6. Now, I will say this, Matt. Gears 5, which we're seeing B-roll for right now, is incredible. It may be the best Gears of War game ever. I really, really loved it. I really thought it was great. I remained gripped to it all the way to the end. Gears 4, not so much. Like uh, I'm, I mean, I'm done with this series, too. Like, 5 was definitely an improvement, but I don't really care what happens to anyone. I'm, and it's not even that so much as I'm... I, the gameplay isn't interesting to me anymore. Like, the, the, the pop and cover thing, I really liked that originally, and I just... They have they struggle to come up with situations that make it into something else, and 
and something different or something fresh and i don't find it generally compelling enough like to keep playing i maybe got halfway through gears five um it's, i'll say this though the, co- the coalition good, are I, good developers because they they make it feel like Gears in a way that the Halo games don't feel like Halo. Agreed. The other thing, too, is that Gears, there is no... Gears 5's code is clean as a whistle. They use mm. that to promote, like, Windows, and because yeah. it literally scales so beautifully to whatever you're running it on. It's hard to believe mm. it ran on the Xbox One. And not only did it run, it looked amazing it on Xbox good. One. It looked, looked like a the painting base on the right Xbox TV. One. Yeah. So the coalition is a great studio. The question becomes, should they be working on Gears at all anymore? Because Matt, I feel like a lot of people agree with you that Gears has also lost its ability to move the needle. And this is again, mm-hmm. you gotta remember, Microsoft and Xbox floated by for like 10 yeah, years Gears, on just Forza, Gears, Halo, I Forza, Gears, Halo. I think we're running into part of, part of this. I don't have any actual concrete evidence for this, but I think we're running into a situation where the people calling the shots, and this include this includes people our age. Let's be honest. The people calling the shots are old enough that they don't understand how much time is passing. Yeah, and to me, because that happens to me too, yeah, honestly. Gear trying to make Gears Six happen here is going to be like trying to make a Crash Bandicoot game in two thousand six. It's over. Yeah, it was the previous decade. There's probably a place for it later, but not right now. And I don't see where Gears fits into the modern gaming zeitgeist. Like, is Gear 6 going to convince people to sign up for Game Pass? I really don't no. think it will. I do think they'll probably, they probably won't call it Gear 6. Yeah. Probably call it Some, Gears something Subtitle else. something. It, 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 that, the number is getting A high reboot. enough that you're just... You don't want people to realize yeah. it's the sixth one well, anymore. that's also why I'm kind of shocked <laughs> that they haven't done that, suppose, you know, the Gears Trilogy Collection remaster thing with the Marcus games, because... It feels like you'd want to have that all sort of there in a package deal for everybody to, to get their hands on along with... At higher fidelity than it is, yeah. yeah. And it's not. it would be one thing if you'd sort of change the name so Gears 4, 5, and 6 could be their own trilogy, which they are clearly going to be their own trilogy, but because they are numbered 4, 5, and 6, people are going to feel like they don't know the story, they, don't, they haven't played the first yeah, it can be it can be a turnoff, for sure. It feels weird jumping into 4 yeah. when you haven't played if the If you haven't three. played the first 3, yeah. And I think their audience has grown, but I don't know. Like it's just it just look at how much brown and gray. Is on the <laughs> That's always been gears. I'm not saying it's bad. I just yeah. I just there's nothing like I look at this. And I don't get excited in the way that I get excited for like Space Marine Two. So like, actually, someone in chat just mentioned they're more excited for that than they are for Gear Six. Yeah, Swanlin said that oh, he's more okay. excited for Space Marine. Um, I'm also like. Uh, Look, Brandon two one four nine brings up a good point. He says, "Why can't Gears or Halo be reinvented like God of War was yeah, in twenty eighteen? That's true. I don't well, see what, why not. Someone well, just needs to come up things, with the idea. I, I agree with you, Brandon. Here's one of the things about like the Space Marine two comparison was I think about compared to looking at this is that Space Marine two when I think of that trailer, there's hundreds of enemies. He's knocking shit around. Things are blowing. Things are flying everywhere. He's hitting this guy and shooting this guy and kicking that tire tearing it and did, and like." Clearly, I mean, Space Marine 1 was like this, too, but because um, it was clearly Gears-inspired. Mm-hmm. But clearly, Space Marine 2 is moving away, is not using the Gears limitations in terms of the movement system. Like, one of the things I, I feel like Gears needs to do is it needs to get bigger. It needs yeah. to get bigger and more stuff and more agility. Like, you can't, you got to get, get away from the big tanky dude. They look tanky, so it feels like so they, they make feel them like intentionally move tanky. And, uh, <laughs> is it Kate? Is that her name? Cat? What's what's what, the character in the, the main game? Car- the new character, yes, you play Kate. Kate. 
like she clearly he does move a little quicker to, she's a little more spry than marcus but like mm-hmm. the game still feels like it's playing on a grid i mean that's the other thing too is that you're playing with more than just marcus now it's like you yeah. play as like four characters every time you play a gears game yeah, and i don't care about really yeah. enemy. I, I i think she's an interesting character what they're doing with her with the hive queen and sort of the resurgence of the the, the local like i think they've found a much more they're doing a better job with the plot yeah they found Halo a much more interesting is. narrative thread yeah, than i Halo agree has. with that for sure um yep. in part because they are free to move away from marcus phoenix yeah like if i was still playing as like grandpa phoenix i think i'd be about as bored as i am with Halo. yeah to but, brandon's point though these franchises both of them were handed to new developers Mm-hmm. who had a chance to find and, and oh, yeah. these people are talented look what? at this game oh yeah obviously the Very. coalition is a really talented but I studio i can tell you the actual answer to that is that they didn't want it to change no would be my guess no well i mean they didn't want it to change but there's a reason for that money they think no they would turn fans off no multiplayer oh gears got awarded not have multiplayer and did yeah. not have to worry about their multiplayer mode being uh turned into something different by it doesn't match the, the rest of the game yeah, because yeah. if God of War was a big multiplayer phenomenon, you would have maybe you could have maybe still done the twenty eight routine version of the game, but you would have had to make a multiplayer mode that played like Gears of War three. Yeah, and that is that is something they don't want to do with, with these games. I think a lot of Gears' initial popularity one, it was unique. A lot of people, not a lot of people, mm-hmm. had played Winback to know what stop and pop gameplay sure. was. But I think the other thing too is that it or was one Kill of, Switch. Kill right. Switch is the Kill dot Switch. Yeah. That the the other part of it too is that like it was kind of the first game of that generation to show the gore like that like well it was it was you the, played the game it and was, it shocked you well it was the and big, now they can't shock us anymore well, with it that wasn't stuff. even that so much as it was the big debut of unreal 3 yeah it was nothing else looked like gears of war yeah it was they were big and, and consequently chunky and every other xbox and 360 game looked right. like it after i mean before that. <laughs> before we knew that was an ad but like, everyone was big and chunky and there was detail everywhere and everything like you know the bump mapping was like stuff you'd never seen before yeah. and you're like how can you do that on a console the shaders and, and you yeah. know hopping over stuff felt big and weighty and everything felt like it was really there uh-huh. like that was the thing is it felt like you were playing in a concrete existing place yeah and that's just not unique anymore yeah i feel like a lot of the things that were selling points for gears when it first launched aren't going to be selling points anymore Well, that's also because gears was so influential that it kind of became the you know it ended up kind of defining like the influence that ended up sort of being a defining game of that generation which means gears feels old now because it feels like so many other things that were influenced by it yep and that is a problem so is so here's halo has a similar problem yeah so here is the question like so these are two huge pillars that have been for the last 15 years for Mm -hmm. xbox and microsoft are they not pillars anymore and if they're not what are they gonna what are they gonna replace them with i hope i mean hope they replace them with starfield and fable and hellblade 2 and all these other things and avowed and outer worlds 2 and all these other games they've picked up through their acquisitions i think that's what they have to do i mean these don't have to be gone they could be they could be part of it they could be part of the landscape but i don't think you can call them pillars right i mean do you still dedicate 200 million dollars to developing them i absolutely wouldn't do that for halo i probably about gears either i mean i don't I don't either, man. I don't think so. I don't think they inv- I don't think you're going to get an ROI, return oh, on investment. I don't think it's going to happen. It's crazy to see these two huge franchises now struggling for relevance, but right. that's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, nothing lasts forever. Yeah, things go in and out of you know, except GTA. Right. <laughs> they could keep remaking GTA until I'm 100 years old. 175 <laughs> million copies. It's insane. It really is insane. Half the population of the country. <laughs> it's crazy. 
That's because a lot of people bought it I twice. Want, right, exactly. Times. That's what I was going to say. How many times? How many? How many of those are double and triple dips? It's insane. Yep. Probably a lot. So anyway, while I'm, look, there's a lot of good things happening at Xbox and Microsoft. Um, there are a lot of new IP that's coming down the pike. All these new studios that they purchased, they're all working on stuff. Like, but these are the two pillars, two of the three pillars. They have been. I mean, I think they. I mean, if I'm Microsoft, I'm desperately hoping that one of these other new things hits. I mean, I think. It, I mean, I think Starfield's going to be a hit. Yeah, yeah. And what? No matter what happens, you've got you've got Elder Scrolls at the end of that road. You yeah. got Elder Scrolls six Once down every in 2027 or 2028, <laughs> or whatever that is. Um, yeah. You can just hang on for Elder Scrolls. <laughs> you're You'll, golden. You're gold. Yes. But in the meantime, we might have to suffer through another Halo yeah. game. These are two 800-pound gorillas that are going to leave a big void if they're not continued. So it'll be interesting but I to think, see. I think there's like 1,200-pound gorillas now. Yeah. And the 800-pound ones just aren't bringing them in anymore. Yep. It's pretty weird to see. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk very briefly about kind of the same thing except for PlayStation because... Mm. Recently, in an interview, Naughty Dog's Neil Druckmann shared that he and the studio at Naughty Dog are not going to continue forward with its two biggest franchises, Uncharted and The Last of Us. And the interesting part, Matt, is that this is all coming on the heels. And in fact, the interview happened after the first couple episodes Mm -hmm. of the show on HBO had already aired and people were already freaking out over it. This seems stupid to you. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, I mean, I think we've known or I could have guessed for a long time that they were done with Uncharted. Um, but then, okay, so here's uh, the other, here's the other, quick, very quickly. The angle to that is they put out a trailer, PlayStation did, this week that's just like a general PlayStation 5 trailer that looked like it's hinting at a new Uncharted. I mean, I think Uncharted will continue. It's just Naughty Dog's not going to make it. So they're just going to farm it out to Bluepoint or somebody. I mean, if you want to call it farming out, I mean, Sony's going to just take that and do what they want to do with it. Yeah. I think Naughty Dog just doesn't want to work on that. Because, again, that's also not Neil's property. You know, no, I not- do feel like Uncharted had run its course. Like, I'm, yeah, I don't sure. really care that much about getting another Uncharted for no, Naughty Dog. No, I don't Dog. need to. I wouldn't be against an Uncharted sort of soft reboot that stars their daughter as sort of in the future yeah. kind of thing. Like, that could work. Um, but yeah, Uncharted. Uncharted was done with three, in my opinion. I'd, I don't. I didn't kind of agree need with four. That. I, yeah. I, I, I'm fine. Whatever. The Last of Us, though. I feel like it's just getting going, man. Well, the last like, of, so the Last of Us. Um, I don't believe him. I don't either. I think they will make three. I do too. Because the, there, there is the you know the 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 way two plays out and the end of two and the the themes of two. There's clearly follow up to be had. The runway's there. there yeah, there, it's, it's not subtle that that yeah. they need to follow that up. And I think you've got a solid trilogy shaping up. And you're gonna need an ending to the show, so I'm I'm I this is this I think is what we've kind of you know I think they're managing expectations, especially after they admitted that they revealed Last of Us two too early. Yeah. So I think they're just saying we're not working on we're not going to do another Last of Us, so please leave us alone. And then eventually they'll be like, oh here it is. And it's coming out in three coming months. Coming out in like a, like six months. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I, I agree with you. It, the, the show, Matt. By the way, they are still working on that other new I, that fantasy IP. Thing. Yeah. So right. I'm sure so that's they have new idea. IP coming. So, but I so I do believe that Uncharted is going to be given over to somebody else. But I do not believe for one second that Last of Us Three is an app. I don't either. I, I I don't believe it either. The show, by the way, is like the one of the first ever shows on HBO where the audience has built week after week. Yeah. Most shows that launch have their bis- biggest audience week one. Yeah, bigger and, then, and bigger. And then it gets smaller 
Even bigger again this week. Yeah. Even it, after everyone told me that it was going to, that everyone would abandon the show because gay. Well, because of last week's episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't believe, I didn't think that at oh, all. Oh, weird. Because the show's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why people are watching it. It's really flipping good. And this, this week was great again. Yeah, it, it's an amazing show. You wanted more Joel and Ellie from last week? Well, here's this Here week. you go. There's a whole episode there's, of there's, Just the, Them. The joke book comes right out. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it was a great episode. They nailed it. They've all been great. Um, so I... The Here's, next one's even sooner. So I'm look. Thank you, Super Bowl. I don't think that Neil Druckmann's like a liar. No, I think he right now he believes they're not going to make another Last of Us. No, I, think, I, I do think he's a liar. Oh, you think he knows I, he's going to make part three? Absolutely. Really? But he needs a story to. I, I think the prob, part of the problem here is my, in my guess would be he's got to write that game. Yeah. He needs a story worth telling. He needs to figure that out. And he has not had time to do anything like that because he has to executive produce the show and yeah. direct some episodes. Like, what this is, I, I, it's not damage control, but it's expectation management because they ain't going to be ready to talk about Last of Us 3 for a while. Yeah. Years, man. Yeah, years. I'd agree. So yeah. he wants it to be like... So, right, so he isn't lying in the sense that they aren't working on Last of Us 3. <laughs> right now. Right now. Yeah. But they will. Yeah. So yeah, Vince, I agree with you. Vincent says he said Sony isn't going to make them make The Last of Us. Oh, they will absolutely make them make The Last of Us Part 3. <laughs> After I mean, this I don't, show? I, I don't know if Sony has that ability over them. This show um, is just transcending everything. But, um, I mean, the people, Sony, Sony should probably be transitioning Neil into their, like, television, produ- like the production side of things. You think like, so? Um... I wonder if that's what he really wants to do. I think it is. I think he's yeah. the American Kojima. Yeah. Like he'd rather make TV and film than make video games. Except he is good at it. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at it. I've been, be re- I've been replaying some of Death Stranding. And it's, people don't talk like that. People don't do anything like that. Look, just but because like, there's some people in chat are saying, oh, that's not the exact quote. I'm going to read the exact quotes because I don't want there to be any funny business after this show is over that Shane was misrepresenting something. Um, quote, they have supported us every step of the way to follow our passions, meaning just that. Because something is successful, people think there's all this pressure and we have to make a sequel. That's not the case. That was his exact quote. Yeah, so that just means they wouldn't make it. Yeah, they wouldn't force him to make a three. They're going to make a three. Yes. The show needs an ending, and I'm sure he wants the game to come out first. Well, the thing is, people are going to want to play another game because this show is just Mm. gigantic. They're also going to want to play another game because... The second the games game are leaves a bunch of stuff open. Like, <laughs> the second like there's amazing. more to tell. Clearly, yes. there's more to tell. Yeah, this is not the end of Uncharted Three, where you feel like everything had kind of been tied up. Yeah, and like Uncharted Four had to come in and be sort of like pry that open and introduce Poochie the Poochie the older brother. It's like, yeah, there's a lot more to happen with Abby and, and Ellie. Like what? You know, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not. There's no doubt whatsoever. But I do think it's going to be a while. Let's go back to what we were talking about with Xbox, where you know those two franchises would you know them kind of going away or going on a hiatus would it affect the bottom line for xbox we decided it probably kind of doesn't affect it that much because they've lost a lot of their luster these two properties have not however do you think uncharted being developed by a different studio might change perceptions of the brand in some way People don't even know, right? Of the what? average person won't even no. know that the new Uncharted isn't made by the same people. No, like, most people don't even know Uncharted and, and Last of Us were made by the same company. You're right. <laughs> That's true. That's actually true. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that this is uh, an analog for what's going on over at Xbox with Gears and Halo. Um, it sounds like this is going to be maybe a little bit better managed than it was over at Xbox. Um, but well, I think, I think the key here, and this has been true of most of Sony stuff, um, if... 
there's no good reason to tell more story with a particular IP, they are not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, even God of War lay dormant until Corey Barlog came up with the revamp for 2018. And um, decided to put real stories in Neil, the game. If Neil says <laughs> that this, because I think more Uncharted is happening because Neil says it's okay with us if you move it somewhere else and do, you know, milk that for as much as it's worth or whatever. Yeah. Because who fucking cares, basically? I mean, I, I think the story of, of The Last of Us is a much more, it's not maybe the right word, but it's a more, it's a more sacred thing. To them, it's a more planned and and um, personal thing to the people who were, made it. Whereas Uncharted is a big rock and adventure that can be basically anything it wants to be. And there's already a movie that they made that was really not great and starred Mark Wahlberg. So what else is left to do to Nathan Drake at this point? Who cares? Yeah, the, the, the bloom is off that rose. Even though there's a movie that came out, how did the movie end up doing? Do you remember? Nothing great. Yeah, it was. It was. That's really what it deserved. <laughs> nothing great. Be- believe me, because <laughs> that's what the movie was. Nothing if, great. If I were to teach my hypothetical college course on adaptation from one medium to another, which I could own, I could use just the Last of Us show for and yeah. get through the whole semester. I would definitely be using the Uncharted movie as a contrast of how you don't do it. <laughs> To your point, if Neil had worked on the Uncharted movie, it probably would have been a lot better. Maybe, but I think Neil didn't care about the Uncharted movie because Uncharted is not his baby. Yeah, he he worked on them. He worked. He started on Drake's Fortune, but like last, he created Last of Us. Yeah. So um, that's his his aim. I think um, yeah. it's a more personal story to him, and it, and it 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 speaks to his experience in life. If you look, look that man's biography up, he went through some shit. Yeah. So it's true. He's speaking. He's speaking from. Uh, he's writing from experience on a lot of these things. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it would just be idiotic to not continue making the Last of Us games just solely based upon how the well, TV show. I, well, is here's doing. the thing. I think you're going to get three, and that's it. Yeah, three is probably be the end. trilogy. Is be the end. And I think the idea is this other new IP will then be able to continue through that. Like that's the idea. I think is to create new th- stuff alongside the as the other stuff, stuff dies. So as the, you can you can sunset Last of Us and then focus on this whatever this fantasy thing they're doing and then create something new alongside the you know they seem to be able to do two games at once. So I think that's the move. Okay. Um, but yeah, there will absolutely be a Last of Us. I don't think he even really he's not saying there's no Last of Us three in that quote. He's just saying that if we if he didn't want to do Last of Us three, Sony wouldn't make him. They probably would farm it out to some some other studio they had, but. Well, he said definitively they're moving on from the Uncharted series. Yeah. Well, like, that, there's I mean, no wiggle room there at all. I mean, we've been waiting literally years for them to say that. Yeah, defi- and they're sure. not feeling pressured into making The Last of Us Part 3. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he doesn't need any pressure to make Last of Us 3. I think the, the Last of Us story, I mean, at least the through 3, maybe not beyond that, but it feels to me like Neil Druckmann had to tell this story. Like, I don't think anyone needed to encourage him to do this. This is something he has to get out of his brain. He's in another one of his quotes. If we can't come up with something, we have a very strong ending with part two, and that will be the end. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good thing to tell yourself to keep take the pressure <laughs> that, off you when you're looking at the blank That sentence piece of paper. is what I, made me a ner- nervous. I was like, ugh, I don't want to hear that. I think that's more of an example of like, <laughs> I'm not, we're not going to do this if we don't have a, you know, to me, that's not supposed to make you nervous. It's supposed to make you confident because yeah. he's gonna—he's saying like, if we make it in that Last of Us three, it's gonna be because I came up with a story that I think is worthy of the previous two. Yeah, which is a big statement and a intimidating thing to probably have to sit down and write yourself. But that almost reads to me like a way of taking pressure off himself. Yeah, could be and, and be like, I don't need you know, if I need to walk away from this and never finish Last of Us three, I can do that, and no one's gonna like you know, be I mean. 
they'll be blowback. I'd be but, pissed. <laughs> but like, it's not like he's going to get fired or they're going to take right. Last of Us 3 away from him and give it to like Sony Bend or some shit. Like, you don't think they would do that? No, they will not. They, you, you, I mean, if they, they want, decided they didn't want to make a... If they want to lose Neil Druckmann, they can do that. Yeah. But if you'd like to lose one of your biggest talents, I guess you could do that. But that's what not What if they great. told him you can write it and someone else will execute it? No. Like... You want him to work for you as long as humanly possible. Yeah, agreed. and anyone, especially after this HBO show, anyone will snap him up. Will snap him up. I mean, he's probably already getting offers from whoever. I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting offers for actual just TV work or maybe even right. film work. Right. Like, yeah, he doesn't have to work for Sony anymore. He has an eye for it. Yep. He's not just a video game developer anymore. Nope. He's, yep. He's, he's well beyond. He's he's done it. He pulled a Dave Filoni. Yeah. He he went beyond his initial medium, and now he can do this other thing. And if he wanted to do that, he could. But I'm hoping he we get a couple more games out of him. Yep. Okay, so there you go. That's the core Game Face episode 329. But as always, we finish the show with... All right, people, it is time for Name That Game, where I show you guys five screenshots of a video game, and you try to guess the name of the game. Not only do you have to do that, though, you have to guess it before Matt Kyle. Matt, who has won here in the last couple weeks, which is great to see. Um, I'm just going to give you one hit before we get going. This is not a new or recent game. I haven't done enough of those. I haven't gone back enough and used older games for Name That Game, and we're going to do that today. A couple things to note. If you've already won this year, do not play. Do not guess. Just sit back. Kick up your feet and watch everybody else flail around trying to guess the name of the game. Uh, number two, we put the chat on slow, meaning you can only submit a chat message once per minute. So don't just start spamming game titles into the chat hoping that you guess it right. You're going to lose. <laughs> the other Body people, Harvest. What did you say? Body Harvest. No. We're Damn Emperor it. Dreaded. There he is. <laughs> right on time. Because it, it's literally you said that and it popped up in the chat. Not Body Harvest. This could have been your day, though, Emperor Dread, because I did go back into the archives a little bit for this one, but the it's trouble not. trouble is saying a game is older, because older can mean so many things now. Particularly when I for say us, it, because yeah. I've been playing games since the 70s. So, <laughs> literally, it could go way back. It's yeah, not a game. Here, I've been here since 79. Don't, yeah. uh, here's like, a, asteroids. Here's a hint. It's not from the 70s. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, I show you a series of screenshots. You try to guess the name of the game. Chat's in slow mode. Don't just spam the chat. You need to really make educated guesses on this because I guarantee you will lose because the people in the chat are good at this. Like last week, they guessed it on the first screenshot. So mind your P's and Q's. First guess. Make, first guess. Yep. Make your guesses count. Um, and Don't with mess that, with those Monster Hunter World devotees. <laughs> yep. And with that, it's time for Name That Game. And here comes the first image. And if anybody gets it from that, I may give you two games. Wow. I told you I was going back and picking old games. Space Invaders, no. Kind of looks like Mega Man Legends. Legacy of, K- Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, no. Super Mario 64, no. Minecraft, no. That's a good guess. Yeah, it has that, pixel, that voxel pixelated look. Yep. 50 Cent, nope. <laughs> Pokemon Stadium, no. Minecraft, no. Star Ape Fox. Escape. Not Ape Escape. Good guess, though. <laughs> Star Fox, no. Final Fantasy VII, no. Jumping Flash, no. Quest 64, no. A lot of Mario 64s, nope. Uh, Mega Man Legends, no. Banjo-Kazooie, no. Someone else guessed Ape Escape, mm. but no. Mario Golf, no. Kirby 64, no. Bubsy 3D, no. Croc, no. Wild Arms, no. Any more guesses before we go on to Image 2? Donkey Kong 64, no. 
from Classy Mr. Bartow. His first time he's chatted on Game Face. Welcome to the crew, Classy Mr. Bartow. Yeah, that doesn't look. That looks like um, that looks like PS One to me. Goldeneye, no. No, this isn't. This isn't greasy enough to be an N sixty four game. <laughs> There's not enough Vaseline smeared yeah. over it. This Elden lo- Ring, no. Sonic one, no. Smash Brothers Melee, no. Tomb Raider, no. All right, I think we're ready for image two. And here it is. Katamari Damashi. Ding, ding, ding. Matt won again. Awesome job, Matt. I waited a beat to see if anybody else guessed it, and nobody did. And you got it right. Stucky guessed it, but I don't know if he heard you, and then he guessed it. But yes, it is Katamari Damashi. And I now realize, actually, you still did really good to guess that. But mm. I do realize that that was a horrible second screenshot. Now it gave away way too much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> only because I remember that's part of the game. Oh yeah, like I visually recognize that location. I should not have shown as much. If of... you don't know the game, then I don't think you'd guess that. Maybe not. But I think I did a bad. It doesn't, job on it this doesn't one. give away a lot of the mechanical element. I don't think this is a shot that gives away stuff to someone who hasn't played Katamari extensively. Oh, definitely not. I think in general, to win at this, you have to have played the game. Yeah. I think. Um, here's the third one. I didn't know if maybe that would have given it away because of some of the objects. The objects in this are very repetitive. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, there's like 20 of them generally that you end up like sucking onto your ball. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and so if you know some of the items that were typical of this game, that would have given it away. Here's the fourth image. There you can actually see the ball, the top of the ball of junk. Mm-hmm. And that might have given it away. And then the, I know the fences, for... A, the fences are iconic. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yep. That's another object that always got wrapped up. And then here's the last image. If you wouldn't have got it on this, I don't know what to tell oh, you. Yeah. King of all cosmos, rainbow Puke vomit. Puking the rainbow. So. Yep. <laughs> so I once still, again... Uh, to this day, I cannot believe that one of the, the, the cutscenes is like the kids talking to one of them. Or goes like, like the, print, the, 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 the king of all cosmos like, rolled it all up. And then he destroyed the thing he just made. Rich people sure are different. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how is the rich people sure are different thing not a meme? Like, how did that not catch fire? <laughs> that's pretty great. So, Matt, that's, you've won now twice in the last three weeks. Yeah. You're on a run. That's amazing. Not bad. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, you hadn't won for quite a while towards the end of the year there. Um, the our users were on quite a run, winning week in and week out, and now you've kind of turned the tables a little bit, which is awesome. Uh, let's see, somebody just gave us some tier mm-hmm. one subs. JM Rain, thank you, man, for gifting more tier one subs. You do this almost every week without fail. Thank you so much, man, for helping out the people in our chat. By the way, if he gives you those tier one subs and you are not a patron to Sifted, you now have a week's early access to Pactor Factor, which you may not have had before. If you're someone who watches Pactor Factor on YouTube, if you get gifted a tier one sub here in our Twitch chat, you can now go to our Twitch channel and watch Pactor Factor a week early, which you also get if you subscribe with Twitch Prime, which we talk about all the time. Jam Rain, thank you, by the way. You're, you're awesome, man. You've always been good to us and to our sifters, the people in our chat. And I hope you're doing great. I do remember when Katamari first came out, well, the first time I put it into the PS2, uh, Blair Butler was my roommate at the time because we just moved to LA and she needed somewhere to stay until she found her own place. And she went and she took, was taking a shower, and I put the game in, and the the intro played, and I just turned it back off and and waited until she came back out. I'm like, I waited for you because you have to see this. <laughs> it is great. Like I wish there were more as games like that. As soon as like the that. geese came out from the sides and sang along, I'm like, oh, this I need to wait for Blair. <laughs> I wish there were more games like that. 
a lot of stuff like that has just gone away, unfortunately, in the industry or their indie stuff. Like um, the Goose Game was yeah, kind of games in that range. We get stuff here and there. This but... was, I mean, that one was also one of those things where it's like you know we used to do this the weird game segment, especially back in the San Francisco, where you have to go get import games from Network Video and Berlin Game and stuff and and Japan Town Japan Video because. They didn't come here. Yeah. And the fact that Katamari made it here was part of its novelty. Yeah. It was like, no, that was exactly one of those games that would never come to America. Back in the and day. And here it was. And there it was. Yeah. It was and it was a hit. Yeah. It did great. Uh, so I, I'll be bringing back more retro games for Name That Game here in the future. I think they're kind of more fun, honestly. And I think you can be, mm. from my perspective, I can be a little more sly because the texturing and stuff back then looked the same across a lot of games. Um, because a lot of it was just flat textures. So it's different now with like all the different effects that are in game. Sometimes you can cue into, oh, that's the shaders from this game that I played a ton from. The older games, it's harder to track stuff like that. So I think we'll be doing more of that going into the future. Uh, JM Rain, also thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime for 44 months. That is amazing, man. Um, okay, we're going to do some Q&A. We have some time because once again, we got it on like the second image. Things are where you guys are both doing good. Both you and Matt have been killing it the last couple weeks. Um, Swanland, Matt, have you seen Skinamarink? If so, no. what are your thoughts? I have not. No? Nope. What is it? It's a movie. About? I don't know much more than that. Oh, okay. I've just heard it mentioned. Is it a, do you know if it's a horror movie? Like, I think it's a horror movie, yeah. It's the... Swanland, I think, is a big gorehound like me, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's a horror movie. Um, Mike's, Mike's Q says he was he knew that it was Katamari Damashi and something timed out. And he was. Well, I think he was. It was slow mode. Oh, uh, you'd already guessed, and you had to wait for it to come back. That's why you'd make sure your guesses count. Um, Eve Demon, have either of you checked out Steam Next Fest? We talked about it in the open. You must have showed up a little late. We told me mentioned that it's going on next mm-hmm. week. Has any demo caught your eye? Yeah, the System Shock remake demo. System Shock remake demo and. In terms of recommendations, Midnight Suns demo. No, oh, yeah. Everyone try Midnight Suns because they they need help. They need the help. Yep. Um, Grimshaw rocks. How successful would a Blue Point remake of Dark Souls One be? I mean, they did a damn good job on Demon Souls. Yeah, they did a good job on Demon's. I mean, I I would argue that maybe not. Actually, do we even? It know? needs remade. Uh, it's pretty. <laughs> I mean, the, the current version of it, not really. Like, because yeah. the, the Prepare to Die redo, they already kind of did remake it. Like, the, the there was an updated version. Like, they created new Next models and stuff like that? Some of it was, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was not just a pure remaster. Oh, okay. Um, maybe. I don't know. Like, I feel like they got better things to do. I think it would sell well. It would probably sell okay, but also Blue Point is owned by Sony. And uh, what they should do is do a remake of Bloodborne. Right. As a Sony property. But here. that doesn't really need to be remade yet. No, but if you're going to. They'll re- do it someday, though. If you're going to remake a Souls game or one of the From games, it would probably be that one because Blue Point is in house now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would rather see Blue Point do other stuff that is not playable on modern. So, like, you know, Blue Point's got better things to do than remake Dark Souls again. Let's move on from yep. Dark Souls. Okay. It's Elden Ring now. We're, we're, it's, uh, we're all Elden Ring it's people. It's the new now. hot shit. Uh, Mike's Q, have either of you played more Hi-Fi Rush? I've seen nothing but good things from people about it. Yeah, I have continued to play it. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. I still don't really have any complaints about it. I have a bunch of games that I'm like right at the end better. of finishing, and I keep jumping around, and this is one of the games I've been jumping around, although I'm not at the end of this yet. So, um, yes, I have continued to play it. Justin Horman, thank you for subscribing at Tier 2 for 68 months. You're on a 68-month streak. That's insane. Like, I think you are the longest streak. I even have missed, like, giving us 
my Twitch Prime because I'm also an Amazon Prime member and I can give us a free 250 every month like everybody mm-hmm. else. And I even don't have a 68 month streak. Yeah, so there's definitely people in that range of months total, but I don't know. Not a streak, man. Thank yeah. you, Justin. That is so awesome, man. And I'm guessing what he's done is he's set an alert in his phone to go and do it every month. And that's what a lot of people do have the long streaks. And if you notice, in Pactor Factor, when it runs along the bottom, the thing that we run are your streaks. Who has the longest streak? I don't know if anyone will ever catch Justin Horman. That's just amazing. Thank you, man. Um, Sneaky. What game did Matt win for his new PC? Oh, Matt doesn't get the games. No. <laughs> we don't get any rewards. We just play along with you guys for fun. So, yeah, Matt Matt won't get anything for one. My winning. reward is that you don't get one. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's reward is Schadenfreude. <laughs> Squishy Muffin, with, with Switch sales surpassing PS4 and Game Boy, um, are you impressed, or do you think it's only that number because there's no separate handheld console and a lot of people didn't buy the Wii U before? Do you think the successor will match the Switch's success? I'll answer your last question first. No. I think this is the Switch is will go down in history as Nintendo's last smash hit console. Um I think Switch sales are doing well. I don't think it has anything to do with it being the only handheld. I think it's it's a great platform. They're consistently releasing great games for it, and it has not let up one minute. This I has think been, it has more. I think it has more to do with it has a lower price than the other that helps. consoles, and it's the thing you can buy more than one of and give to the kids, and they all have their own. It's I think, the. It's I, think also, you're, I think you're seeing a lot of multi-switch households. I'd agree. I think that's part of yep. it. I think it's also like the anti-Nintendo platform because every Nintendo console going back to the N64 has been like this very sporadic first-party output. Like the N64, towards the end, you get like one exclusive every like four to six months. Like now every month there's something big that's exclusive to Switch that comes out. Like they've just... And that does tie into the fact that there aren't two separate platforms anymore. So maybe in that way, the handheld thing does matter because they're not making games for a handheld and games for a console at the same time anymore. All their pipeline, their Mm. development pipeline is unified towards one platform. That Fire Emblem would have been a DS game. Yep. Like, sure. In the past. Yeah. But not anymore. Now it's a Switch game. So I think that's made a big difference as well. And also Nintendo has just continued to make great games. That's what it does best. And so it's just... I think it's Nintendo's ideas finally coming to fruition because they're not trying to support two platforms at once, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. There's a lot of reasons the Switch has been a success, though, but I think those are the primary reasons. Uh, Minority Games, what are your last thoughts on Forspoken? I personally enjoyed it. That is the, that is What I just mentioned, I have like three or four games I'm like right at the end of. That's another one of them. I've also continued to play that. So, I really liked it. Um, I'm still really liking it. I'm still really enjoying it. And I, my one thing I would last note I would say is that I've continued to be surprised that I keep finding new stuff to do in the open world. Um, the variety in the side missions and all the stuff you just kind of stumble upon. It just feels like every time I think I've seen it all, I'll stumble onto some new like mission type or whatever. So I think they did a great job with that stuff. I would still argue that the magic system still feels clunky at times though yeah i went back to it a couple days ago and i was astounded by how hard it was to remember how everything worked yeah because it's it's so different from other stuff yep and um oh i'm spoiled on frame rates now from like a week in with that computer oh and like forespoken runs at like a 30 ish thing <laughs> and i'm like oh my god it's like it's barely moving like it, yeah. you know, i've been i went from spider-man at like 120 frames a second to this thing and it's like oh that's rough yeah 
it's rough. It's I'd like to get more into it, but it is it is a it does it, um it's so blah to look at. Like I wish there was more color. Yeah, the it. open world isn't very there's not a lot of variety. No. Yep. I wish it had a kind of like a like an Okami thing where when you kind of cleared an area narratively or even side it brought it back it to kind life. Of, yeah, it kinda of came back yeah. to life and became like a more of a standard yeah. fantasy a world idea. sort of thing. Yep. I can see that. Okay, we'll take one more because we gotta go. We're already way over time. Uh Zet Saber Juno, what's up, bro? Um, are there any genres you are sick of playing? Mine is FPSs since I played too much of it during my childhood and I no longer find them interesting. Well, I think if you talk to a lot of people about our discussions last week, people would say that I'm sick of playing survival horror games. Mm. But I'm not. I'm really jacked up for Resident Evil 4. Um, there are certain genres that haven't evolved as much as I would like, and I am a little bit tired of playing those. What about I mean, you, Matt? First-person shooters are dead. Like, I, you'd have, you got to be real real special for me to care about you as a first person shooter these days and i think horror games in general i've never cared about horror games that much i'm interested resident evil 4 one of the reasons i like it so much is it's not really a survival horror game it's just an action game it is yeah you know? that was and, kind of them stepping away from yeah, a lot of those tropes. which i think was a benefit mm-hmm. for sure um so but but i that get, benefited not just resident evil yeah everybody but in terms of that like i mean like i'm tired of the run away from a thing you know, Outlast style mm-hmm. horror game. I'm tired of the pixel art platformer indie game. I'm tired of the very sad people in a desolate landscape indie game, um, which is all of them. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm also, I'm also, um, I'm not tired of it, but I'm, I'm getting very picky about my uh, Telltale style games. Like narrative adventure, yeah, like yeah, the narrative. I guess narrative adventure would be what you call. Like you gotta, you gotta get up a little. There's enough of them now that I need to. I'm a little more picky now what I play. It was a time when I just play all of them because there weren't enough. Like choose yeah. your own path. What I decide changes the outcome. Yeah. Now they're all that way. Yeah. Now that's just the way you make an adventure game. Mm-hmm. It used to be an exception. Now it's just accepted. Yeah, now it's yeah, it's just the way it's everywhere. supposed to be. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I think that would be that. But there's more more than you might think. I guess. Yeah. But, uh, Man, we've been playing games for a long time, Matt, since the 70s. Yeah. Like, it's amazing that we still have the passion that we do for games. A lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. A lot of people fall off, disappear. You have to be passionate or you can't do this. Otherwise, how do you rationalize spending 50 or 60 hours a week playing games while you're also doing a job? Like, mm-hmm. you can't. And you have to have the fire. And uh, both of us have never lost it. So, very fortunate that we're just this way. It's nothing that I've done that's made me this way. Well, there are, there are days. <laughs> I always think of um, when you're playing like mediocre games, it can be yeah, tough. I always think of there was a it was pretty soon after the lockdown ended, after the you know when when we had our vaccines and everything was was you can go out again. And mm-hmm. We went to Disneyland, and at one point um, they were still doing the outdoor lines, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the outdoor line for Space Mountain was snaking around Tomorrowland, and there was some one of the the cast members had like a big sign that said the line ends here supposed and the line was kind of growing faster than he could like move the sign to the end of the line to show where people are and i guess some supervisor comes by and goes goes you got to get out there you got to sh- get the sign that's that's what tells people where the line is you're the beacon and like and he, and he goes and he goes off and the guy takes the sign and goes and walks like past us to the back of the line and goes not today <laughs> that's like, great and i'm like i don't think we're the only ones who heard him but i'm just like oh that is one of the most one of the greatest that's yes awesome. yes like and i was like i want to give that guy like some kind of prop or some kind of tip or or like a you know you're supposed you can give like compliments but there's no way i could think of to to give that compliment 
in like their feedback system and not make it sound like he was doing the opposite of what a Disneyland employee is supposed to do. Like there's no way to do it without getting him in trouble. Right. Yeah. But like it was, I, to this day, I think about that. Like you're the beacon. Not today. That's awesome. Uh, okay. There are, there are days when you're playing a game that makes you not say today. That. You're like, there's times I've had it's work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to play it even though you don't want to. That's the way it is. Looking at you, Star Ocean. Yep. Uh, so that's it for Game Phase 329. Before we go, don't forget our sponsor, LS Cream. Go to creamls.com. That's where you can learn about the history of the product. It's actually a recipe from his Haitian grandmother. And also, I would like to remind you that Valentine's Day and alcohol go great together. Mm. <laughs> now, I'm not telling you to do something shady or anything, but if you're going out with your girl for Valentine's Day and you mix her up a drink with LS Cream, the night might end I'm, a little I'm better just, than you might I'm expect. I'm just picturing someone bringing LS Cream for, like, bottle service. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling it out of their pants at the club or whatever. You know, you know, cork that for me. Yeah. Garcin. Yep. Go to CreamLS.com and order yourself some for Valentine's Day. Fill up the wine Day. glass with a cream liqueur. Uh, Pairs well with a, with a ribeye. Yeah. If you're watching this show on YouTube or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services and you're not helping us out financially, that's cool. Um, but you can still do something to help us even if you don't have any money. Just subscribe with Twitch Prime. The instructions for doing that are down in the description. It's very easy. Um, and Or just re-up with Twitch Prime. We started including a clip in Pactor Factor showing people how quick it is to subscribe with, resubscribe with Twitch Prime. And it's three seconds. If you can't spend three seconds to give us free money what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Come on, you can do it. I know you can. Um, and if you do want to help us, if you do have turn, money... Turn Mr. Rogers for a second there. <laughs> you can do it. I and knew you, you could. You can do it. If you, uh, if you do have some money and you want to help us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. And you can pledge whatever you want per month. You can give us a dollar. You can give us $100, whatever. Uh, there's different tiers there, different rewards for the tiers. It's all that kind of fun stuff that you know Patreon is all about. Um, but that is what really helps us, is if we can rely on that revenue coming every month, whereas Twitch Prime is erratic. In fact, it's been erratic in a bad way for the last, like, five months. Like, our numbers are so down. That's why I started putting the clip in Pactor Factor, because people had stopped resubscribing. I'm like, bro, it's so easy. Come on, help us out. So, anyway, head to patreon.com slash sifted if you really want to help us, but you can also do it with Twitch Prime. And again, that's down in the description. So... Matt, another great episode of Game Face. Thank you. Luna, who has now passed out because we're apparently to her, we're boring AF. Thank you for being our co-host. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.